the week of November 9th, 2012. I'm Sarah. I'm here with Corey Schroeder. I'm back, baby. <laughs> and the editor-in-chief of ComicWine.com, Tony Guerrero. Hello. So, uh, what are we starting out with today? We're going to talk some comics because, you know, this is a comic book podcast. What? We're not going to exchange ceviche recipes? What? We're not going <laughs> to talk about Carl Rove? <laughs> we were talking oh. about zombie hive minds. We were. Actually, but I guess not from. I can wait for the news or yeah. never. <laughs> yeah. Um, Avenger Air. Start over. Start start the whole thing <laughs> Damn over. It. AVX. We'll do it live. Consequence. Actually, it's is it AVX? Is A versus X? It's AVX consequences. Even though the cover doesn't say that. That's, that's what it says in the Diamond Order. Yeah, and then the, the Indica, Indica, whatever. <laughs> whatever Indica is something else entirely. Yeah, there's this little stuff here. What's this stuff called? Uh, People the, call it Indica. I thought. They do not call. It what are you talking about? <laughs> That's something else entirely. What is it then? That is the the foot something the the footer header. That's I don't know. The, that is not the footer. No. The footer is the, is what you put at the bottom of a letter. You're right. Um, that is probably I actually know what it's called because I recently learned, yes. but now I've forgotten. That is probably a prologue uh, or intro introduction. <laughs> a forward. Because sure. part of a plant. <laughs> yes, it is a very specific plant that mm-hmm. recently Colorado and Washington became a lot more excited about. <laughs> what? Indica is a strain of. Uh, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in, Indicia? I don't remember what it's called. It's called something. <laughs> Spending too much time. Anyways, so, um, a comic book podcast, huh? <laughs> yeah, not a dictionary podcast. Um, so, AVX Consequences number five. Now. Uh, Big pause. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it's going to be good. This, this series overall, these five issues. Now, I know when it was first announced, a lot of people were like, is it really necessary to have a five-part weekly series after a 12-issue event with all million tie-ins and everything like that? Overall, there, there were parts in the series where it's kind of cool, like seeing Cyclops in sure. the prison and, and with the shackles and the ever-growing helmets. You know, it's like <laughs> it always would change and, and, and just dealing with all that. So there are some parts that were good. I just wasn't crazy about this issue. And part of it might have been the art. Yeah. I, I understand with a weekly book, you can't have the same artist unless it was you know done well so far in advance. So you have to have different artists. But it's just – there's just huge differences. And there's like some moments like, like Magneto's face looked too big in the helmet was, and it's just little things. And I don't know. But it, it almost felt like – this is what all of Avenger versus X-Men was, was aiming for. Yeah. So to pass, I don't even know, it hasn't been a year. Cause no, because they're coming out like, like every couple of, weeks. couple of weeks until towards the end. So it's like everything, all those tie-ins, all the millions of issues, it was just to set up Cyclops in his new role. Sure. So I don't know how I feel about that. I like it. I mean, it's a big change. No, I'm saying it's, it's we had to go through all of that just, just to get here. <laughs> I mean, I don't like that. I, I guess it's kind of a tiny spoiler, but he doesn't. I felt like he should have gotten a new costume at the end. Maybe that's like super shallow of me. Well, but he I, will. Really? They've showed yeah, it. Oh, it's like a weird X. Oh, the they, they, X they, they, right. Okay. They first showed it in the Marvel Now, and it's like, where does this come from? How right. does he see? It's just the, maybe those are just like plastic or visors, yeah, glass. So he can Ruby see. <laughs> he can see in like 
they're like crossing his eyes. Yeah. But that would be uncomfortable, no? Sure. Well, wearing a thing on your head. <laughs> this thing, there was like a huge hunk of metal on his head. I mean, well, but he's a prisoner at that point. So. Yeah, but but that, there's no way. I mean, he's. That little gonna, mask was weird. going to have like huge neck muscles to, to keep his head up, like not from tilting. Well, there Unless it was made of some like hard plastic alloy. Which it very well could have been. <laughs> it's I don't know. Titanium is pretty light. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. Look at Wolverine right here. Yeah, they all, that art was really he not good. Little... I did not like it. How's it going, dude? It looks strange. Scott is gone. How's it going, Bubba? Logan. I like the scene. You're with angry hope, now, though. but I hope in time you'll understand. The school has my best wishes and complete support. I like. I will keep them alive. I, li- I liked that that part of it. Like it's. Yeah, I mean, there's there's some good parts, but. Ever since Fear itself, they basically were like, "Yeah, we're that uh, that Dodson variant cover." They were like, "Yeah, we're gonna make Cyclops into Magneto." <laughs> like five years ago, two years ago. Yeah, it was a good slow burn. I like that. I like when they don't rush. So, like pretty much since Messiah Complex, this has been going on. <laughs> Even since um, it was like Secret Secret Invasion. I remember it was that that like. X-Men didn't do much in Secret Invasion. There, there is one, there's a, the, a new X-Men book, or next X-Men, something that came out. It's all these, like, I don't even know where, what happened to those people, those, those new mutants. What people? You mean there's, like Hellion and... No, it was like some other one. Um, I, should, I should look it up. Because uh, it's, it's... Cyclops was like leading this other team, and it, it almost felt, I, I thought it was like, like, like this is a, a scroll, <laughs> but then it wasn't because it wasn't Cyclops. I can't even remember. You thought Cyclops was a scroll? Yeah, because I mean the way he was acting here, and also because just like with I'm Uncanny, glad they didn't do that. <laughs> um. Also with uh, just having like X Force, like, like oh you you can kill, that's okay. That's why I'm. That's what I'm saying. Like there was this gradual buildup to him becoming. <clears throat> more militant. I can't think of that name. I mean, just because, you know, the purifiers hit them really hard. And he was like, we can't just, you know, put handcuffs on these guys and waggle our fingers at them. Tell them no more of that. No more of blowing our children up, if you please. You know, so he was like, Wolverine, go kill these guys. Like, this is this has gone up another level. <laughs> but it's also like, it's like, uh, Professor X is dead. Oops. <laughs> well. Oh, well. Didn't, it was like nobody upset about that. Well, they, they had the... Uh, as an it uncanny, didn't seem like it though, did it? Uncanny Avengers. No, yeah, it, it seemed a little brushed off. They they did the the funeral, funeral? and sure. un, Uncanny Avengers and Wolverine. Remember when Johnny Storm died? Yeah, that was huge. That was such like a traumatizing thing for everyone. Yeah. And Professor X, who's like been the leader of the X Men forever. <laughs> to be. To be fair, he has died like twice in the last no. five years. Yeah, I would say he's he's died several times and or three times if you want to count this one. That was what kind of my like. Where do they go when they die and come back? Comic book limbo. It's like mm-hmm. it's next to. Um, go meet Jack Kirby. Remember next to Magic's limbo. The Magic's limbo. Magic Iliana. Oh yeah, yeah. Her, her dimension. I said, it's, Is, it's wait, no. are you being serious right now? Half serious. <laughs> okay. I think so. I'm like, being serious so about the Jack Kirby thing. That happened to Ben Grimm when he died. He went. They like he met Jack Kirby when he died. They literally the Fantastic Four. The rest of them like literally 
created a portal to heaven, and when they got there, they it, Jack Kirby was God, essentially. Okay, I found a series. And he brought Ben Grimm back. This happened. That I'm is, not that making is, any of this that up. Is so, that is so, so silly, but kind of adorable. I know. It's like you can't be really mad at it, because it's like, oh, that's actually... Kind of cute. Okay, that's sappy. <laughs> it was Young X-Men. Where this happened. So, they, so it, it's like magic has a... There's another purgatory? No, no, no. No, I'm, I'm ju- kind of joking about that. Oh. that was I mean, there, there, there's comic book limbos where you say, like, um, like right now, where's Moon Knight? You know, his series is canceled. He's mm-hmm. not, not in any books. He's not in Avengers. He wasn't so, Secret Avengers. So he's he's now in comic book limbo. Oh, yeah, but Professor X is actually physically dead. Well, right? he's died. Yeah, he's died before. That's what I mean. Like, so, so then is that comic book limbo or do they actually die and go it, to It depends if, if, if they actually died or if it was a doppelganger or a clone or – Whenever they've addressed it, they've always been very get, big about Get it. resurrected. I don't think they want to necessarily say definitively that, yes, there is an afterlife and here's what it is. That's a pretty good article. Where do they go when they die? Except for Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider I, has – I kind of wrote about <laughs> – Did you com- write about that? About comic book limbo. I did a thing. But is it comic book limbo? Well, in, in a sense because when, when people die – they're not always dead. It's like they never – either they don't do a full autopsy or somehow they get resurrected. Because like, like when Johnny Storm died, mm-hmm. we never actually – never, there was no body. You just saw all the – whatever people in negative zone pile on and, and yeah, that was it. Wave. <laughs> and so there, there was no body. Um, see, who else is that? Cause like, Have we ever had a body like, and has that person come back? The Captain America well, thing like, was like, – Yeah, Jason Todd. Yeah, Jason, Jason Todd died. Todd. Captain America died. And then, but you know, Jason then Todd was just thrown into like a pool of the Lazarus. Well, that, that's even no, because that's even debatable there with Jason Todd because supposedly he crawled out of his coffin because in, in some oh, tellings because God. of the the Superboy Prime oh, punch, so Super dumb. punch. So it's like he, Superboy it, Prime punched reality so hard that Jason Todd came back to life. Yeah, so things things change. So, so you yeah, know, I'm pretty sure like they that. retconned that though. I'm pretty sure, like, because this most recent one with issue zero, I think they were like Talia and Roz dug him up and tossed him in a lazarus. I think he still. Dug, I don't know. I'd have to look back. I, I think he still dug himself. I read something recently. Maybe I know that was how it happened in the movie. In the movie, they were straight up like Roz thought something like that it would break Batman if he failed this badly, and Roz doesn't actually want Batman to. Like, be this broken husk of a man, so he, like, dug up Jason Todd and was like, we're going to bring him back, we're going to have him serve us, you know, maybe this will get Batman on our side, and then Todd went berserk and ran away. <laughs> you, would, you would think that Rish would, would have realized that, considering how many times he's gone into the Lazarus pit. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't there a version where he, where Talia just put him into the Lazarus pit, and he's like, what are you doing? Like That, he, that might be the new comic book version, I think is what that is. I don't know. She put him in there? Yeah, she dug him up and because, him in there. Because again, oh, right, because he... I don't his, know if that was in his, like, Lost Days. His spirit was transferred to like the white ghost, right? Something like that. That happened in Detective mm-hmm. during well, R.I.P. Whose spirit? Todd's. Jason's... Rachel oh, no. Ghoul's spirit. Yeah. Right, 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 right. No, I'm, I'm saying Talia put Jason in, oh. in the Lazarus yeah. pit. Oh, and, yeah, and, no, he did. And, and, um, or she did. And Rach was like, what are you doing? This is like my stuff. Yeah. yeah. My, <laughs> it's my yeah. Lazarus goo. <laughs> so... I don't know. What do you think the consistency in a Lazarus pit is? Do you think it's like water or is it like gak? I don't <laughs> want to think it's gak because every time they come out, they're like dripping in goo. It's yeah. like it's like Nickelodeon, that the green slime, right? Yeah. But like is, from the is that called gak? Yeah, no, that's gak. Oh, I don't. No, is it gak slime? is the stuff that you could buy in a little container. Oh, I liked gak. Made farting noises. Maybe it's part, and smelled I part back to <laughs> it's back to tank. Yes, exactly. Um, anyways, it's the series I was talking about was called Young X Men. I remember uh, that. It was in the wake of Mosiah Complex. I really vaguely remember that so series. It, it was Rockslide, Blindfold, sure. and Dust. 
and then there's like some other people. Yeah, that was really short lived. Yeah, and Cyclops was because it's like it wasn't with the X Men. I think it was like even on on the West Coast or something. It's like, is this really Cyclops? Because he was he was being kind of a jerk, and you know See, more, that, that I think is an example of them rushing a bit too much. Because I like that again. I like that this transformation that Cyclops has undergone has taken since Messiah Complex, which was like oh five, oh five, oh six. Cyclops should have stayed in prison. Yeah, maybe a little longer. Yeah, yeah I, I longer. Could've, I could have gone for that. Didn't didn't last very long at all. But then there's also, um, we're talking about deaths and all that, when Superman died, so this is like the, the Max Landis thing, where right. Superman goes to heaven and sees Jonathan, too, Jonathan Kent, who you know was, had a heart attack, was like in a coma on the borderline, so they meet each other, but then, which is even more stupid, because Superman wasn't even dead, he was in what, what he called like a Max Healing was, was, coma. Was like in a coma. What is that? So it's like, how that could... That was what Superman how went could, into when Doomsday beat the crap out of him. But how could Jonathan see... Clark in heaven. My whole thing was, if it was supposed to be heaven, why the heck would a Kryptonian have the same heaven unless there's only one heaven? Two weeks ago. I don't don't know. I have a theory about that. What is your theory? Well, my theory is is that it doesn't matter. Like, like they would still have a soul because Mm. they're they're like a conscious being. So if you want to believe in souls, like, they still get... Wherever the spirits go, like that's where they would go. Right. Like multi dimensions don't matter. Yeah, like all all universal spirits go to one place. Sure. I've always thought that, like, like <laughs> how we're we're trying with getting into religion, but yeah, how, I don't know if we should go how, how perhaps how, how like one one theory could be like you know instead of having all these different religions that it's really the same religion, but then the the god or deity says, all right, for you guys, this is how you're gonna see things yeah and then then another group is like okay this is how you're gonna see so it's like they're all the same like god it's very jehovah zeus <laughs> odin they're all the same same mm-hmm. person they're all the same entities and say like, okay you guys might not go for this let's 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 throw in all these others i can things. dig it but i'm not saying that that's <laughs> sorry what so I there think. you go Ra, rao and jehovah are the same entities yeah. <laughs> basically what that is uh speaking of superman action comics number hey. 14 nice transition I wanted to. Speaking of religion, <laughs> angels are on the cover. Um, angels in the outfield. I like that Joseph, movie. It's got Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Does so have, uh, is that Kevin Costner? No, no that's no, no. Field of Dreams. Oh, yeah. thanks. <laughs> um, which I never saw. I just know if you build it, something they will happens. come. So, Baseball. Um, did you read this, Corey? I did. I did. What did you think? Uh, weird. <laughs> very Grant Morrisony. Very kind of out of left field. Like uh, what, speaking of baseball, what? Yeah, exactly. Continuing with that metaphor, what? Like, I, I'm wondering where this began. Like, I feel like I missed an issue. <laughs> um, I so I was I was planning on reviewing it. I uh, read these it. These are not normal angels. They look no. like they have fangs. Yeah, they do. They're yeah. and they're also on Mars. They are the multitude. It's kind of doomy in that way. So I, I read yeah. this. I was to Mars and I was planning on reviewing this, and because like someone sent a PM saying there's no review for it, and mm. but I was planning on reviewing it. I read it, and I was like. I don't know how I feel about this. I was like, I think I need to re- look at this again. So then I yeah. stuck it on the bottom of my review pile and then it just ran out of time. So little, little issues. It's like, okay, this is still in the slight past right. of the new 52 because it hasn't caught up yet. And you have all these people on Mars. So it's like, okay, so the new 52 um, space program is that advanced that they already have people, a colony or whatever on Mars. Okay, that's fine. But then is Grant Morrison has played Mass Effect three. Oh yeah, yeah, and <laughs> it's, it's just like, <sighs> yeah, and then 
I mean, there, there's, it's interesting where it goes towards the end, but I, I just don't know. And then I didn't really like the backup so much. It's Wait, like, okay. Yeah, the backup so, was a little iffy. I mean, I can I can kind of dig it, you know. They, they've they got, like, superpowers, and why not have technology so advanced that they go to... I mean, you have... Because that changes the entire U-52. What is this guy's vest, though? <laughs> I don't what know. is going on here? That's Neil deGrasse Tyson. Oh, yeah. How dare you? <laughs> he, that's, I'm assuming he has a real one like that in real life. I actually do think that. I think I've seen pictures what? of him with that. Vest. He's an astronomer, so of course he's going to have a sun vest or Who whatever. is that guy? Neil deGrasse he's a, Tyson. He's an actual human? Yes. Yeah, that's the, that he's video thing that, that DC was like pushing. What is he, like predict the future or something? He's just an <laughs> astrophysicist. No, he's whatever. an astrophysicist. He's like one of a, he's a peer of Carl Sagan. He's a, like a real dude. And then you're like, okay, I'm going to help Superman really, find where Krypton. Really, because it looks like he's a psychic. Yeah, I know. It's awesome. It, his, what, what, his vest looks like the curtains that I, I passed. When I when I walk down Polk Street, yeah, no, it looks like it should have a neon palm on it. <laughs> yeah, like open, welcome, twenty five dollars for a reading. Uh, anyway, no, I, I I don't know. I like seeing the Grass Tyson anywhere I can, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. Just... Um, the the main story itself, though, I mean, and yeah, I agree with with Sarah. You've got like all these superpowers. You've got like all these like you know hyper geniuses. There's no reason why People technology hobby, wouldn't be slightly more advanced. Especially when like when in like world's finest, which is the worst example for <laughs> anything. But <laughs> anything. <laughs> um Power Girl is looking to jump from from this dimension right. to her dimension. You know, to go home. So and she's using science to do that. Right. So I would I mean that's pretty advanced. I, mean, I think you, I feel like that's as as advanced as you can get. Exactly, and if you look at like what's going on in Team Seven, like that's supposed to take place even further in the past than Action Comics, and it's still very much. I mean, you know, when you live in a universe like this, you, you're going to have a little bit more advanced technology just because you've got all these weird entities that you need to deal with. <laughs> in a sense, I can like I can wrap my head around mm-hmm. people living on Mars before I can like. <laughs> Superman flying. Exactly. It was one of the more subtle things in Watchmen, actually, was because of Dr. Manhattan and all the scientific breakthroughs that came from him, you had, like, all these weird little future technologies in the 80s. Like, mm-hmm. electric cars were everywhere. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I, th- that was not the part that threw me. The part that threw me was, again, just like so many issues of action comics, it feels like there should be one in between the last one and this one. It was just like, suddenly, Mars and the multitude. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> They look like angels for some reason. Yeah. I mean, and because it's Grant Morrison, you know, there's probably something more to it, but it's just yep. like... There's probably some kind of hermetic magic spell going on that yeah. 0.01% of readers will get. I just, um, I, I wonder what other people thought about this. Like, I, I not that I, I care so much, but I, I'm kind of curious, like, what other reviews were. If, yeah. You know, did they, they love it? Did I miss something? Like I said, I, I was like, I, I think I need to read this again because... Yeah. I would actually like to as well, but uh, also to talk about the other side of the equation, the art is great. Uh, Rags Morales, I think, is, yeah. is nailing it on just every issue of Action Comics that he does. I don't know. So at the very least, it's great to look at. Um, so let's see. IGN. I like this introduction of a new, like, sort of devilish mixel plick, too. IGN gave Action Comics a 9.0. What? They said it's amazing. By utilizing the character's strength and inspirational power, Morrison delivers his purest Superman story yet. What? 
It's by Joshua right, Yell. There's angels in it. Yeah, exactly. Nothing is more pure than that crypto story. Nothing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I agree with that. Let's see. Newsarama wait, listed it as their best shots. I think. I mean, I could, I could really, I really liked it. Don't get me wrong. I just found it a little bit confusing, like I do so much of Grant Morrison's writing. <laughs> Enjoyable but confusing could really be Grant Morrison summed up in three words. <laughs> <laughs> Hmm, I don't see. A, I don't know if CBR reviewed it. Hmm. Sometimes they like. I'll see reviews pop up like on my Twitter thing on um, right. like a Monday, like on Tuesday. Jeez. Yeah. Well, I could be reviewing books on Tuesday. <laughs> um, a comic book blog looks like they gave it an eighty-five percent. See again, I get the, the nine out of ten is perhaps a bit generous, but I could see like. Well, it is IGN. Yeah. I would have given. <laughs> Sorry, I, Joey. I know you listen to this. Gauntlet uh, Throne. Uh, let's see, who's this? Um, weekly comic book review? I haven't heard of them. Again, would have done four They gave it a, a B plus. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think I would have said a, th- a three. Oof. Because well, I'm, I'm looking at some of the other books that I gave a four. Yeah. Like like the President Superman one. That yeah. one, I mean, that was a little interesting. It was different. I think I gave that a four. And yeah. I definitely think that was better than this. So, I don't know. Hmm. Too dangerous for a girl? What? <laughs> That's what this. But meant girls, for a man. Dangermart.blogspot. Danger it, it says too dangerous for a girl. See, <laughs> they. Um, what? Like see, those, I, I'm, I'm doing what all the people do. I'm just looking for a rating. I'm not reading all this stuff. So, like those energy drinks that are like just for the fellas. Granted, Tony, you are restricted on time here. Yeah. This isn't the greatest issue. <laughs> Action comics, yeah, but it's just certainly one of the most positive directions. Reviews yeah. on our podcast. Yeah. Okay. So. There you go. Uh, Uncanny X-Force. This is so Loved good, it. but it, it's like really sad because you can feel it ending. I know. You're like so close to the end I know. at this point. Okay, so, 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 and just a couple of spoilers now. If you haven't read this, maybe you don't want to talk. We don't want to. The question, the question of the suit is, is on Evan's my mind. Suit? Evan's suit. Okay. Yeah. If he puts it on, does that mean he's going to be controlled? Because I think it just whole, enhances or focuses. I don't know. But the whole thing with them is like he needs to put the suit on. Like they've been pushing him to put the stupid suit on, you know? It's, it's like the glasses and they To live. unlock his potential and then he'll be corrupted by the evil power. That's his, what I'm his thinking potential. is going to happen. I don't think it would anyone would control him. I just think that it would unleash. Or it's his, like a symbolic victory, you know? It's like by putting the suit on, you are accepting who you are and your true nature. But does that mean he can like wear the suit and like be a good guy? Theoretically, but but he's unless, destined to be evil, according. You know, again, he's like a teenager with the I power of a god. Like, I think he can fight it. <laughs> I think he can fight his destiny. Mm-hmm. He's been through a lot, and <laughs> he's still he's not, he's not in a good headspace right now. So I'm no. thinking if he puts the suit or when he puts the suit on, it's going to be bad news bears for everyone. <laughs> anyway, it was good. Nightcrawler is amazing in this. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was the only Shark. part I really liked. I, I, I'm so over. <laughs> I'm so over Doc and, and, and Wolverine. I, just, I'm I'm glad they've made him a pure villain again. His series was it, again. It's like the whole problem with with like Deathstroke or Red Lantern or whoever else. It's like how long can we follow this kid around being a sociopathic jerk and still root for him? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but and, and some people are just inherently evil. Yeah. And he wasn't even, like, trying to redeem himself in his own series. That's the thing. If it were, like, his his path to redemption, that would be one thing. But no, he was just, like, cruising around, 
having lots of casual sex and killing people and doing drugs. Like that could have been a good mini series, but it, it was it unsustainable like a, over like know. twenty issues. I don't know. Um, I'm, no, no, I'm just happy to see him back as a pure villain. I think he works so much better as a bad guy. Tony, I'm, you were saying? I, I think I'm, I'm ready for the, the new series. I, f- I feel like this arc has gone on too long. And I get that it's a lot. If you go back to the first arc, you know, with, with young apocalypse and, you know, that's what all this has been building up to. But I feel this part has just been going on for too long. They've defeated the shadow King so many times. <laughs> and then, and I mean, you look at, they're all, you know, saber tooth force or just, just in general, in general. Right. like Psylocke has, has, has been able to fight him. You know, it's been a struggle. But then you got you got Omega, and it's not even Omega Red; it's Omega Black. It's the Omega Squad. Yeah, yeah. And then you know Sabretooth and and Dak, and it's like all these they're, they're all a bunch of losers. I mean, yeah, they're, <laughs> they're fierce and everything, but it just feels like as as much ass as this X Force has been kicking lately. Mm-hmm. I would think that they would just come in and just take these out. All, and, and I know there's some psychological stuff with like with Psylocke and with Phantom X, and you know, and, oh, and Angel. They're, they're still have his healing factor. Yeah, anymore. So, <laughs> I, I think I think a lot of I think a, one thing a lot of people overlook is that Deadpool has has experienced like a full like, change mm-hmm. in his character arc. Totally, and it's ha- it's happened predominantly in this series. Yeah, and this is this is I think where we get our most interesting Deadpool. Oh, I agree, <laughs> and like, but it's a good example of a of a character that is evil mm-hmm. that has gone through the change, and like th- this issue specifically showcases like how. On the inside, he's really just a cutie pie. Yeah, he is. He's a good guy underneath it all. And that was, you know, I wrote this article. God, I think it might have been my first article for the site way back when um, about, like, the the balancing act that goes on with Deadpool. Because if you just make him the funny guy, then, you know, it's fun. And as we'll get into, it can be done very well. But it's not that interesting. Like, it's a bit more interesting when he's using the humor to sort of cover up his, his almost inner turmoil. Mm-hmm. And like when he's he's starts to question his own motivations for doing what he does, and that happens so much in the series. Yeah, and that's part of why I liked it so much. Mm-hmm. And it's also been really smooth, like the the transition from one arc to the next, mm-hmm. particularly since uh, Remender took over. Well, I disagree with you there. I think okay. that like the whole that that whole other world arc with yeah. Captain Britain <laughs> that just felt so out of place with the rest yeah, of the series that, that I just didn't I didn't get that. But anyway, moving on. <laughs> um, Green Lantern. This was really good. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Yeah, agreed. Um, <laughs> I think it's really cool. And, uh, sorry, what? Go ahead. Um, but the Justice League seemed kind of jerky, like oh, more yeah. jerky than usual. <laughs> like, yeah. What? I think, Severely. Okay, because... Um, also, on the cover, we got Cyborg doing his best bat- Brad impression by photobombing. <laughs> yeah, so... I mean, this just Justice League. I think if we're trying to actually get some some continuity here, is you know they're they're finally coming together as a team, or they're realizing you know that they can be there for each other. Hal recently left, and in, in the pages of Justice League, you know he's he's kind of taking the blame for for some of the stuff that's going on, right? And then they they see here's this new guy. It's like who is this guy? He's got the most powerful weapon, it's Green Lantern ring. He's wanted as a terrorist, so they know. We we need to go in there. We're not going to, you know, talk nicely. I mean, they do kind of talk nicely, but it's like they know that they need to get in there and say, "Hey, you know, what's this all about?" What I I do like is 
the encounter could have easily been predictable, right? And it wasn't handled that way. So I, I thought it was it was really well written. I mean, it it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, it was still like superheroes meet, have a misunderstanding, have a fight. Like that was kind of where I was a little bit like, really, this yeah, they're not really this fighting. Old, this old uh, standby. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It could have easily turned into them fighting each other and it, yeah. it didn't and you know there was there's a bit of a twist on there i mean but i don't know i, I also like sarah said i think that i feel like they just were jumping to all these insane conclusions like they, they have to they try to they try to take his ring and like the ring just kind of blows him back and conjures sinestro and they're like you did that it's like how the hell would this guy know who sinestro is but wouldn't <laughs> like wouldn't the justice league know that he can't really take off the ring if batman's no, just sitting there being like batman, take the no, ring off because in, in the first issue of um justice league how Batman takes it off of Hal Jordan's finger. He's like, hey. Yeah, he just, he, he he just like takes it off, and then Hal had to grab it back. Oh, really? Yeah, he yeah. stole the ring. I just think it's working weirdly with Baz because of the whole... Well, it's it's, it's a malfunction. Kind of it's dying, got, but not dying. And it, it has the air. Like, when he got the ring, there was, yeah. it was like, you know, because it says they're dead, but they're not dead, and, right. and all this. So, you know, he's, he's... We're getting some spoilers. You know, he's trying to cooperate, and then... The reason Hal or Sinestro appears there, I mean that that's more Sinestro. I mean, or, or Ring. You that's know. what I mean. Like the, but you know, but the, they they saw it as an attack, and so then then there's there's no talking because <laughs> they need to go in. They 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 barely trust themselves, the Justice League, you know. And so here is this new guy. So obviously they're not going to trust him. So I I think it all fit. My my main problem with with this, I I don't really care so much about this third army. I don't yeah. I don't like the oh, way God, they look. No, no. I. Um, I thought it was a huge build up to a very weak payoff. I'm curious about the, these original Guardians and where, where, what's going to happen to the Guardians after that story. I, I am much more curious about the uh, the first Lantern than I am about the Third Army. Yeah, because he's doesn't seem like someone you want to mess around with. No. <laughs> All right, Daredevil, End of Days. This is so good. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that was loud. It was, but it's okay. You're passionate. It was really good and yeah. dark and gritty, and the art was really great. And went really, really well with the story. Yeah. Um, this is Daredevil's. Daredevil's gone, and uh, Ben Urich is looking for clues and looking for him, and trying to track down um, Black Widow. And uh, he just he meets some interesting people, and I really like the way that um, Bendis wrote this for the artist. Mm-hmm. So the. In a way, it, he wrote it in a way that allowed the artist to tell the story in certain scenes, especially like the scene with um, Mila. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Like those panels, con- the consecutive panels were fantastic. Well, it's Mac and uh, Sinkovich. I mean, he's worked with both of them pretty extensively before, especially David Mac. <laughs> so it's it's really good. It's a great yeah. creative team, and this and this is essentially Daredevil: The End. Only they don't call books the end anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Am I am I insane in in being like this is one of those the end stories only you're not yeah it that. totally is yeah mm-hmm. um yeah no really really enjoyed this um i had something specific but i can't remember it now oh well come on man <laughs> all right deadpool number one delightful that's <laughs> funny yeah appropriate for yeah. this week right and yeah exactly mm-hmm. and then you know as much as we've talked about how much fun it is to see uh, Deadpool have some pathos. It is also pretty fun to just see him written as, as pure humor. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you guys feel about the, the lack of voices? Yeah. yeah. 
I like the vo- I like the voices. So uh, I actually noticed that, and I was like, it it, it does feel different. Are, is that a thing? Like, are they not? Are they getting rid I'm of it? Not really sure. Well, because I mean, Daniel Way brought the voices in, so you know, a new creative team. It is kind of in their purview to get rid of them. Even though I agree, I liked them a lot. That would be terrible. Yeah. Because I feel like it. It's such a big part of him. Which, yeah, I mean, it's funny. It was only in the last sixty something issues, but it feels like it's been a part of him the whole time. Yeah. No, he used it, Martin. Well, he's had his own. He's had his own internal monologue, but it's never been the two voices. It's never been like the yellow and the white voice. Hmm. The yellow and the white. What? It was always one. I know. The yellow. I know. It's just funny. It's just funny to put it out like that way. Sounds racist. (laughs) Wow. Only if you perceive it as such. (laughs) And um, but you're you're racist for noticing that I'm racist. But Rick Remender didn't use him either. Well, we don't get a lot of internal monologue from uh, Deadpool. Yeah, I think that's general. different because it's a creative team, like cre- uh, like not a creative team, but like a a team book. Right. But there are scenes like Uncanny X Force number one when you see Deadpool, you know, on his own, you know, before they realize that he's was working with angels. Like there's no no voices, so it was, just, it was hmm. weird. I mean, because he he's been in other books like X Men books or right. X Force and or the other X Force, and you know the voice has been there. So it's just I wonder if they're just saying. Speaking of of teams that Deadpool is unusual to be on because he's not technically a mutant. I was really had an amazing laugh at him trying to get hired as a teacher. Yeah, that, <laughs> was that was pretty funny. And Wolverine week. and the X Men. Yeah, that was really <laughs> just, funny. It kept coming back. <laughs> <laughs> Kitty's like no. Yeah, God no. Anyway, yeah. Detective um, Com, are you done? Yeah, Anything else? I think so. I what, mean, yeah, just a what, really funny book. The writing is great. That's the storyline of dead presidents coming back to life is hilarious. What about the art? The art's great. It's Tony Moore. I just wonder how Anthony long Moore. or how long he's going to be on. Hopefully, Probably five or six issues would be my guess. Yeah. Tends to be his uh, his mo. Um, <laughs> Detective Comics. Uh, I haven't read it. I didn't get a chance to read it. Um, I don't know if any of you want to look at it. It's so it it continues. Last issue was about the penguin. So this is John Lehman taking over the title. Oh, and I should pick this up. <laughs> um, so so Bruce Wayne, he's gonna he's you know donating money. They're gonna do some some children's hospital wing or something like that. It's gonna be dedicated to his mom and all that. But then Penguin decides he's like I want my mom to be honored. I'm one of Gotham City's first families. I, you know, I should be up there too and their memory and all this stuff. So he puts out a hit on Bruce Wayne to, to keep him away. But obviously Batman's kind of, you know, trying to put, put a stop to that too. So it, and it ends up at the end, the end of last issue where, where Bruce Wayne is still being targeted, but then what can Bruce Wayne do in a room full of, of people at this, this charity event? So, he gets a little bit of assistance and then it, it quickly changes scenes, which I, I, I felt it was a little abrupt. Yeah. Uh, just, just, just changes there. And then he's in a back cave. I thought, um, as, as nice as the artist, probably changes scenes again. <laughs> and, and yeah. So I thought Damien looked a little more like Tim. He, yeah, he doesn't look like a 10 year older. I mean, Jason Fabuck's art is, is great here. Um, I'm liking it. More and more. It's a lot like Gary Frank, actually. Yeah, it's reminding me of. And not a bad thing. Yeah. So, and and then then they do the thing where we we've seen this a few times where it's it it kind of jumps around. It's like last night, this morning, now, later, 
before. <laughs> and 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 then at the the backup, it's, it says even after all this other stuff. So it's, it's like they kind of joke about it. It's like, it's like, yeah, we're jumping all over it. I understand that you know that's a storytelling technique where you kind of jump around to see pieces and then at the end you see the big picture. I kind of don't really like that. And I, I think it was also an issue of The Flash where, where they did that. They jumped around and, and there's, there's something else. And I just think it, it, it interrupts the flow of the story when you're, you're jumping around seeing what happens later and what happened before and then you're going back so I don't know. Those are my, my concerns with that. But then there's a kind of like a crazy um, ending, which is further explained in the backup story. Yeah. So pretty crazy. And also, it's like, so you, it, it seemed like it was all this focus on Penguin, and then it just jumps to Poison Ivy, which there is a connection to, to make it happen, but it just felt like it was really, really quick. Yeah. So she's, she had a falling out with the bird's prey. So she's going back to her Echo Terrace ways, sort of. X-Men 38. You guys read this? Oh, yeah, I read that. It it was all just okay. Yeah, I haven't really been enjoying the adjectiveless X-Men title all that much. So, so you got Domino it's, it's, and It's weird to have Daredevil. those two ta- uh, team up together. Yeah, that is. This is like she doesn't want to team up with them. I like seeing Domino, but yeah, this is unusual. <laughs> it's It's like it's definitely not an X-Men book. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's just just Domino, so it's really weird. And then the how did she leave X Force? By the way, does anyone remember she was on X Force like originally? Oh Cause, yeah, because they they disbanded the team. Yeah. After <laughs> after um, was it after Second Coming when they were found out? And then I guess I don't know. Then Wolverine formed a new team and just didn't bring her back. Weird. <laughs> Maybe didn't trust her enough. Yeah. So anyway, I thought this was okay. And then um, but it's like the art. It's like they're they're trying to. Capture like the Daredevil feel, I thought. Right. Swamp Thing number fourteen. Really like this. So this, I mean, yeah. So we're we're in the Rot World story. So this Great is story. Where, um, <laughs> so yeah. So where where Swamp Thing and Animal Man joined the two series, they went after the Rot after um, Anton Arcane, and then it turns out that they were gone for a year, even though it was just moments. So when they're out, they're like. Um, they're separated, so you have to read both. You don't have to read both series. So that's the thing that they they stand on their own. So if you're just reading Very Swamp smart. Thing, um, you know he comes back. The world's just trashed, and like all all the heroes have been turned, and like um, Poison Ivy and Dead Man are the only ones left. And then there's you know a little bit of the Green, the Parliament, and you know you're seeing all all these heroes have been turned. They're dead. They're evil. Um, Abigail's supposedly dead but then what was nice is we had the annual in between where we saw that mysterious flashback that they both had forgotten about Right. so there, there's it kind of like revisits it the location here so this is really good um, hopefully people are checking out Thing- is, is he still with that pianist or violinist and Batman detective um, she hasn't been mentioned I think um, well, no, she's kind of, I think she, there's, when Poison Ivy's trying to do her mind stuff, persuade him, he, yeah, I think I just he, he kind of sees her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. But there hasn't been mention of her. They haven't her. broken up, but she's, she's getting a little tired of him always having to run His off. Antics. And, <laughs> and mm-hmm. the heck, how she hasn't figured things out is, I don't know. She must be very smart. Yeah. <laughs> she's probably thing, too smart. 
something's probably good. overanalyzing That's what it is. what's going on because the simplest answer would be that he's Batman, but she's probably Iron Man number one. Um, I wasn't thrilled with this. I'm gonna say why you don't like Greg Land. <laughs> That's just part just of. Just kidding. But... <laughs> Not a, I'm not a huge fan of the art. I actually like how he draws the Iron Man suit, just not so much the people's faces. Um, but no, it's it's more that this issue was really, really, really similar to Matt Fraction and Salvador LaRocca's first issue. Tony Stark looks Asian. Yes, yes, he does. I, think. I, I felt like, yeah, it, was, it almost felt like this could have been the same series. Yeah. Just like it didn't need to be real. I understand why they did Marvel now and relaunch and number ones and all that, but... So in that way, I mean, it's kind of a good thing that it feels like it's in the same vein, like things haven't completely. <laughs> but it's not just in the same vein. It's the same storyline. It's the whole like the five nightmares. One of my nightmares is my technology getting out there and being misappropriated. That is exactly. Yeah, but, but that, what that's always happened. That was, but, goes, but, goes back to armor. He even Wars. refers to it as a nightmare, though. It's like this is the same but story. You can't. But Matt Fraction's not the first one that did it because they did Armor Wars. They did Armor Wars, too. I mean, his. his sure. But his, his uh, it just seemed, getting out. it just seemed like really, really like. More similar than just the overall story. Like I said, he refers to it as like a nightmare scenario. and It's yeah. not a fantasy scenario. Well, <laughs> maybe it is. I thought um, I thought Tony was written well, his dialogue. Yeah. I mean, it was fitting where you know he's, he's kind of arrogant and sarcastic. Sure. Um, obviously, the art was a problem at times. Um, when they were in the, in the club, I, I loved it, the club that they were at. Why that in particular? Because it was called MJ's. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So a little continuity there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was cool. Um, for for everyone to be smiling there, that makes sense because sure. there are you know a bunch of superficial people hanging out there and yeah. and all that. Um, I like that Tony's disguise is shaving his mustache. Yep. <laughs> Talking about spoilers, man. Giving it all away. <laughs> that was a huge, huge part of it. Yeah. He has to disguise himself at one point, and he does so by shaving. But what what what's um. What you, I do have to give credit to, and unless I missed it, is they actually have Tony. You know, he's 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 picking up someone at at the nightclub. Mm-hmm. It's like that's supposed to be a part of him. You don't really see that played out so much. I mean, he yeah. he'll hook up with the the occasional superheroine, but or Maria Hill. Or. Yeah, but <laughs> but he's he's never really you never really see him hook up with people outside of the superhero community. Right. So I thought that was interesting that that whole scene that they actually went there. Yeah, and and did that. I didn't like the way Pepper looked. I no. I, I said I, I thought she was too glamorous. It's not mm. not that she's not entitled to be, but she, I just don't see her as getting all dolled up because it's like you gotta get dolled up if you're gonna go to MJ's. I think it was more that I feel like Pepper would be more like natural looking. And yeah, not yeah. So that's, I don't I don't think I don't think she would take the time or make the effort to do or feel that even if she was going out to a club or something like that. I don't think she would go to all that. Effort. I think it's just because Greg Land doesn't know how to draw a natural-looking woman. I was gonna say, I'm just glad she wasn't redheaded Pamela Anderson. Like, let's let's she take wasn't. what we can get. No, not really. I think she was the other woman that he knows. I do have to say, Greg Land, when that that one aim soldier, that, yeah, that guy looked pretty cool. Yeah, he's like, wow, this is an aim soldier that actually looks badass. Sure, that and looks like what I think MJ would look like. Yeah. When he doesn't have to draw, like, people's faces, it's actually quite good. Like I said, I actually really love his take on the Iron Man armor. Yeah. <laughs> and, so. yeah, that AIM soldier also looked pretty badass. Yeah. Yeah. So, we'll see. But, yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I think, obviously, it's going to be more about the writing. Sure. So, 
Earth 2, number 6. Earth 2, number 6. I gave this a 3. You did. Because, um... Okay, so I kind of have a problem with the fact that, and I don't think I'm the only person that has this problem, with the fact that Alan Scott just seems like he knows what to do. Um, and he doesn't just know what to do, but there's this moment where, like, where he... Okay, I'm, these are going to be spoilers, but <laughs> he goes... We see him go into the gray, and he sees Sam, right? Yeah. And His dead lover. <laughs> yeah, so we saw that in the last issue. That sort of picks up in this issue, and then he's getting weaker. But he fights it off, and then he comes out, and then he like takes Grundy, and he goes into outer space with Grundy, and he's like in the dialogue, he's like, it, "I'm getting weaker," and then Grundy goes, "You're getting weaker. I can feel you getting weaker." But he still has the strength to divert two like missiles that are co- going into, you know, I I don't know. It just seemed like. It just seemed a little bit impossible. I, I agree. Um, I, I agree that yeah, he did a little too much on his own. Um, yeah. Like I would have really liked to have seen Flash and Hawkgirl and perhaps even Adam Smasher, like in a moment of defying orders, mm-hmm. stop the missiles while Alan yeah. handled Grundy. And then it just <clears throat> the way it ended was really abrupt and yeah, it just didn't really. I don't know. I, I could kind of see it because it's kind of how JLA ended with like everyone just kind of being like, maybe we just don't need to really be a team permanently. Maybe we just go in our different directions and we'll see how this whole thing shakes out. <laughs> yeah, it just seemed a little bit strange. It also made um, those three characters seem really weak because they couldn't handle Grundy and they couldn't handle the gray. Like, right. And Alan Scott was like, yeah, whatever, man. Like, <laughs> I'm just going to take care of this crap and then leave. Yeah. You know, so... I don't know. I think it just... I I wasn't crazy about the way it played out, really. But that was just me. Yeah. I mean, I I mentioned several times that it, it seemed like Alan was just like, I got this ring. I know how to do everything with it. I mean, at least with, with like Baz, he doesn't know what, what the, you know, he can't even fly. Sure. Because, I mean, you know, he makes he, a fleet of cars, though. That's yeah. pretty impressive. But, but it's because, you know, he hasn't figured out, you know, all the intricacies of, of, of the ring. But it's like Alan can do whatever. And, and it's mentioned in here, which, I mean, unless I missed it in an earlier issue, um, you know, the ring is kind of talking to him. So, you know, he says he's going on instinct. So there must be some connection that. I mean, to be fair, it is magic rather than technology, so I, I kind of feel like there's a bit more room for for it just kind of working because <laughs> there's no explanation for how it works. It's just it's flipping magic. Like it was, it was still it was still <clears throat> good. It just wasn't. I don't think it was the best issue. I think it's probably the weakest issue in the series so far. But um, that's just my opinion. yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's a lot. It's got a lot to live up to. <laughs> um. I mean, I, 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 I agree. I might have gone four stars. I don't know. Um, but I agree with what you're saying. Like, I do agree with, with Alan Scott doing a bit too much all at once. And I mean, he does burn out after it and kind of start to fall back into... Yeah, but look at how like but, look at how fast that happened. No, he chucked a zombie to the moon and... <laughs> like, really? Caught a couple of missiles with an awesome eagle claw. It, it, it could have been, been a much cooler fight sequence. Yeah. Yeah, you know? that it like, all... 
after all this, like trying to just take yeah, it was a Grundy, lot of buildup, like, you know, for Grundy. Like it was, it was like two, three issues of buildup, and then oh, I'm just gonna fly to the moon and like drop him off there, and it's good, good. old, good old superhero uh, standby of throwing something into space. Yeah, like it just seemed really silly, but anyway. Um, how about world? I also finest? really liked the stuff that happened in the gray. I did really think that was yeah, that was very was well cool. done. Uh, World's <laughs> Finest was terrible. Um, the art was... I'm glad that they organized the art the way that they did. All the scenes with uh, Power Girl were drawn by George Perez. And then... Um, what is his name? Kevin McGuire. Kevin McGuire did all the um, uh, Huntress and, and Damien stuff. Okay, so I like listed... In my review, like all the things that I had a problem with. First, it didn't really sound like Damien. Like if you have read Batman and Robin, I personally don't think that Damien sounds like this. Um, second, I don't think that Huntress would be able to so easily sneak into Wayne Industries and be like, I'm just going to steal $5 million in one shot and like Wayne's not going to notice. <laughs> I mean, really? I mean, that that was like she was asking to be caught, right? It's like when, when a kid like like waits for his parent to come into the room and tries to stick his hand in the cookie jar. <laughs> you know, it just seemed a little bit strange. Also, I thought it was strange that Karen Starr has like a live feed where she can see it, like the fight between Damon, Damien and, and Huntress, like going down. And uh, like, like Bruce Wayne wouldn't know, you know, so the, and the, the way that things happen, I feel like that, that specific situation would have been okay if, Paul Levitz took the time to explain like how it is that Karen Starr is able to do this um, and how it is that the Huntress was able to break into Wayne Industries to steal this in the first place. There's just – I feel like that the, – the fact that he doesn't explain how these things happen and they just happen makes it really weak. Like it really weakens the story. Um, I'm, I was really looking forward to this book because I, I thought it would – it would be cool for the two Robins, you know, the Robin from Earth Prime and the Robin from Earth 2 yeah. would meet. Um, but it just fell flat. Yeah, it, this this didn't feel great. <laughs> so. Just having kind of glanced through it, it's, yeah, it's... Eh. <laughs> it has potential, but... Yeah. And, and, you know, aside from how ridiculous it is that Power Girl keeps losing her costume. Right? Um, I just, I... <sighs> What I don't understand, and whether it's been explained or not, is Kryptonians are supposed to have that like force field that you know we, we know exists. What so do, if it doesn't exist on Earth too? Because that's why Superman's costume doesn't get trash. His cape, if in the old days when it wasn't this super indestructible cape that he has in New Fifty Two, mm-hmm. his cape would sometimes get get tattered or burned, but his suit wouldn't get affected because he has that force field. So I would think. Her coming, you know, even through Earth's atmosphere, the suit would be protected. Mm-hmm. But she's constantly. And she's totally cool with the fact that the costume is burning off. She's like, yeah. Whatever. And she talks about it. She's like, yeah, that's cool. I've got money. I'll just get another one. Yeah. They only cost $500,000. Like, really? Like, uh, it's just, I'm not even going to go there. It's so stupid. And even like the 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 fight between Huntress and Damien no, is kind of like it's like stupid. It's just it's like when the children of Batman meet, 
they just kind of punch each other for a while. <laughs> there's no like, there's no, I mean, they may be saving it for the next issue, but yeah, there's no moment. There's no like pathos. There's no like, oh my God, we're, you know, the different children and Batman's still alive in this dimension. Like, like you'd think Huntress would want to sort of seek him out. Yeah. Instead <laughs> of just like, I'm just going to steal his cash, man. I've been yeah. here for five years. I'm just going to steal his money. Which, yeah, again, you could do a whole issue on how she got into Wayne Tower <laughs> instead of... Or at least, like, maybe a couple panels. Like, when suddenly? That was... <laughs> it's just bizarre. <clears throat> um, how at Ferris? Um, you know when you were looking at other reviews for this book? I did that on Wednesday, and I saw that CBR put this on, like, one of their five books, like, that you have to read this week, yep. which I totally didn't get. Like this, this, uh, this series is just okay. Like, I think the art is really pretty. I think that the layout of the panels is really creative. You know, they use things like the reflection in a mirror, like that itself serves as like a panel or to separate a panel or two panels. Um, that's cool. Like the artist is awesome. The story is kind of weird. So Rapunzel goes to Japan like a long time ago and she is accepted into like the royal Japanese court and she has a lesbian relationship. And then it's present day and then she meets her former lover, but then like she's also sleeping with the some dude. Like it's just so weird. <laughs> and then it doesn't really explain anything. Like why did she run away in the first place? Mm. Well, What's going on with her kids? Like we don't know because there's so much focus on her sex life. <laughs> I don't know. I think that it's a really strange story, and it's not that great. And it's really, it feels really disorganized because it jumps around so much. And um, yeah. So I guess the cover was accurate. Hmm. Yes, she does have a romantic liaison with uh, the. Red head on the cover. So I, I thought the cover Five was just, stars. just one, of, one of those. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> no, it's not. And then, uh, but then she also go, proceeds to have sex with someone else in the same issue. I don't know. Yeah, Rapunzel gets around. That's fine. Like Get I'm, I'm, to I'm totally cool with Rapunzel getting around. I just, it's not explained why. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to know why. <laughs> she has needs. She has urges. I don't know. Code of good vibrations. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> there are like six in the city. <laughs> well, maybe not where yeah. she lives. Oh, see, there you go. I don't know, man. Moving on. <laughs> um, X Factor 246. Love it. What do you love about it? I Not so much the art, but it's it's one of the three artists that they've been rotating through throughout this series. Um, I love the, the focus on Pip because he's just kind of been around. He's been their hilarious receptionist, uh, but... This is like a whole issue of him, like kind of hitting the town, gallivanting about, being a hilarious Peter David character. And again, I say it every every time this book comes out. I cannot recommend it enough. I think it's super underrated. I it can't be selling that well. So kudos to Marvel for keeping it going, just because it is such a great book. And yeah, Peter David's just been do on this since God since that Madrox miniseries. Well, since, since it launched, yeah, relaunched like, number one, and then they switched back to the original. And yeah, like he's been doing such an amazing job, and because of it's just been the one writer, it holds together shockingly well. Um, and yeah, lovely twist at the end. Can't freaking believe what happened at the end there. And 
Yeah, no, it's just really well written. It, it, it balances humor and drama really, really well. As a series and as an issue. Um, then we reads, have- I will say reads better in trade. Reads much better in, uh, in trade. Create our own heroes, number six. Keep wanting to get into this and I also keep forgetting. So this is, um, it's three ninety nine, I believe. I think, where's the price? Yes, three ninety nine. It's a thick comic. You get, mm-hmm. I think there's like like thirty pages of story, but you also get interviews, you get articles. Um, so th- there's there's like some writing tips, like for new writers, like what you need to do. So there's a lot of useful information here. Um, you actually get three stories. There's a a short um, Darwin Cook story that was. Um, it's not a new story, but he's going to be joining the the lineup here because he he realized that he needs you know he's really known for using other characters mm-hmm. you know all, all all this stuff so he's like I really should start doing my own stuff and then um then there's part two the conclusion it's part two of a Stephen Nile story which was interesting and then you got the the Jimmy and Justin one which I really like this um what, what looking at this if this was someone's like first issue they'd be like, what's going on? And the problem is because both stories are like part two. Right. So you got that problem. The other thing with, with these type of anthologies stories is you're not really sure what kind of story you're going to get. Right. I mean, cause like the, the, the first story that, that, that Jimmy and, and Justin, I, I forgot what it was called, but like Phil Noto did the art and he was like this, whatever, you know, bounty hunter girl and destructible, you know, and then now this is about like some, some, agent dude that you know, is being framed and these um, seven luchadores are going after him. Spoiler alert. So, I mean, it's, it's a really cool story. Luchadores but, are always a surprise. But part of it is like, I, I just want more like single stories and, you know, but some people are like the anthologies. So, and then like some of these interviews, it's like, I don't really need to read an interview. I mean, it, it's cool. And it you know, gives a different angle. Wasn't that kind of the point of the book? Like, yeah. Part, part of the way. Yeah. And then, you know, so you want to write for comics? It's like, mm. you know, I mean, they, I don't know. You, you know, we, you've been to cons, you've been to panels. That is like the question that writers get asked. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, and there's so many. It seems like there's so many panels dealing with that, which is great. Yeah. So, but I mean, it, it's definitely it's w- worth your money. I mean, for for the amount of content you get. Dial H. Can you read this? I, I I've read a couple of issues of it, and I've liked what I've read, but I haven't been following it. So. Um, there's a change in the art. I'm trying to see who, who did this art. I mean, I, I enjoy this book and it's one that I always mean to, um, David LaFam did, did the art. I always mean to review this. Are you a writer? Or am I thinking of someone else? Um, no, he did, I think he, I don't know if he writes, he might write, but he did the art here. Okay. Um, China Mivel. Right. Mivel wrote that. So I, I like that. Um, Harvest, this was the last issue. So this is AJ Lieberman. Um, it's a creepy cover. I'll give it it's, that. Well, the whole thing, it's it's stealing with, um, what's it? Body harvesting? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and which is why it's called Harvest. Right. Um, this is the, the guy that wrote Cowboy Ninja Viking. Ah. Uh, Matt, I think he's reviewed just about every issue in here, and, and he's loved I know he gave this a five. I mean, it's it's, it's definitely dark, and and it's got some, some really good art. And creepy. Yeah, it's so dark yeah. and creepy. And, I can see that, even just from here. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Scarlet Spider. Uh, I continue to to enjoy this series, despite the fact that I 
really don't care for the microverse stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I like the series. I'm definitely going to stick with it, but I am ready for the microverse thing to end. Well, it's minimum carnage. Yeah, I know. So Greg loved that. Yes. <laughs> Freelancers, number one. This is from Boom. This is only $1. <gasps> and it's, it's a... Is thick, that like Spaceman? Thick, thick wow. Book. First issue of Spaceman was only a dollar. So the this is a... I did an interview with um, Ian Brill. So this is... These two girls were orphans. They were raised in a kung fu orphanage. <laughs> and now they're trying to make a living being Fantastic. bounty hunters in L.A. Okay. I need to pick up this book. <laughs> so... Um, the art is is good for the most part. There's a couple points. What what I like is they don't overly try to sell it as this is a you know bad girl girl power chick book whatever you want to call it. You know, it's full of sex appeal or anything. It's not like that. I mean, there's a couple points where it's it's like you know, like you can see on this cover. Yeah, you know, she's wearing like a bathing suit top or whatever. And right. there's another point where it's like, was she wearing a sports bra or, or one of them gets injured and you know, she needs her back has to get stitched up. So she's, of course she's got her shirt off, you know, there's, so you, you don't get a lot of that, which, which I liked. And, and, you know, these are two women that are strong, you know, they, they can hold their own. Obviously they were raised in a Kung Fu orphanage. <laughs> oh, never get tired of hearing that. So, and then there's also a backup story where, um, you can see them, as their, their uh, kids. Oh. So I like what, what she's saying there. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's definitely interesting, but something worth checking out. If you can find it, you know, I mean, for a dollar, yeah. you know, it's not often you see comics that cost a dollar. Um, another one that boom, I don't have it here put out. They, uh, did the Hellraiser road road below, I think it's called. Yeah. So um, you were not. Uh, was that you who reviewed that? I reviewed it. Yeah. yeah not a, um, Not thrilled with it. I. I mean, I. I love Clyde Barker. I love the first. I love Hellraiser, and I. I. I like Hellraiser too, even though that wasn't Clyde Barker's different. And yeah, you know, I didn't like the third one, and I refused to watch any of the other ones. I feel like I've asked you this before, but did you play Jericho? No. The Clive Barker first-person shooter. Good. Don't. No. <laughs> anyway, um, go on. So I. I think I don't know if, if I was a little harsher with the review since I like it so much. My main problem was, was the, the art was good, but there's some points where it just didn't work. So the, the premise of the book, and if you've been reading the regular Hellraiser series, cause we don't talk about it often. Um, we don't really talk about it much is you have Kirsty cotton, excuse me, who was, um, in the, the survivor from the first two movies. And, you know, she, she's still a survivor. She's, kind of like forms like you know gets in touch with other people who have survived from all these you know what or the lament configuration puzzle box whatever you know it's got all these different names so when you open up one of these puzzles you call these demons from hell and then they're supposed to give you you know pleasure and pain and they, it basically takes you to hell and the, the two are supposed to be combined you know where, where you get all these hooks in you and you just Seems, seems yeah. like opening the box would be a is, that does not that does not you don't want to open the box and yet people keep opening the box because <laughs> it's kind of like like they're asking I mean some people like try seeking it out because whether they're this is what they're looking for I don't know I mean it's like after the thirteenth death you'd think they would just close down Camp Crystal Lake yeah so um so she she survived against Pinhead and everything but then where the the, the other series the ongoing series started is Pinhead's kind of like you know. I'm 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 kind of bored doing this, you know. I I don't really want to be a, a you know demon from hell, whatever priest, and you know 
destroying people, granting them their quote unquote wishes or whatever. So he, he wants to get out of this and in, in, in a way to save her friends that were kind of targeted Kirsty, she's like, all right, I'll take your place. So she becomes pinhead. So there is a female pinhead now. And then he is kind of like relieved of his duty so he can go off and do, do whatever, go to the Bahamas or Does something. you have to take the nails out of his head and put it in hers? I'm not sure if they were, I don't remember if they were the same nails or not. Okay. They might have been. That'd be kind of gross, though. It would be. Hopefully they sterilize yeah, them. Yeah, are not really known for being a gross series. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know if they sterilize like, the hooks and everything after they <laughs> pull someone apart. doesn't seem like hell would have... I mean, it's hot enough that you probably don't need to. Yeah. So um, this kind of goes back where this is... It's kind of referred to as like her year one story as the female pinhead. Where the story starts off is you have this this other group of people, this like woman and her daughter. She's kind of into hiding... She's involved with this like feud and there's like this other creature guy that the, like his whole family, like his wife and her were like killed. So he's targeting this lady and her daughter who, you know, she was trying to be into hiding. And then that's where the, the box is going to come in. She's like, well, I'm going to need some help and go after this, you know, use this box. And then that's where, I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting. So Kirstie's not really, she's not an evil person, but what's going to happen when she's summoned? Is she going to do evil things or, you know, can she fight it? Is, does she have a choice? So that's where it's going to be interesting. The first issue is really a lot of setup. And I'm a little behind on the regular series. So the, the, the main characters involved with this feud and all this, I don't know if that was mentioned before. But for me, it just felt like I don't even know what this, these people are. Like, you know, the one guy gets his arm chopped off and it just like grows back. <laughs> so it's just like, wh- what's going on? So that's, that's why I, I gave it a three. I mean, I definitely see the potential. And I really want to see what's going to happen in issue two. So... I mean, if, if you're reading a regular series, you definitely want to check this out. Jesus wept indeed. Yeah. Come to daddy. That guy was creepy. Uncle Frank. <laughs> He's so creepy. Um, Avengers number 33. <laughs> kind of weird to be on the bottom of the pile. <laughs> well, this is Avengers. I mean, it, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't read this. Greg reviewed this one. I, re- I, I liked, I didn't really like, I liked the last issue mm-hmm. where it had the return of a character, which I don't know if, that was just like I think it was like a couple of weeks ago. It was. I was here. So I don't know if if that was has we been spoiled out. it. <laughs> so but I but I like I mean you still have like the humor where um sure. they're still eating the hot dogs like they, yeah. they mentioned. And then I like <laughs> there's a point where so um Red Hulk and oh Vision Oh my god, that was great. They're they're in in should I spoil that part? Well, they're in Central Park. They're in not- Central Park and you know they're just standing there cuz they're like stay here in case you know Captain Rick's like stay here if we come back and everything like that. And then, so Red Hulk's talking to Vision. They're just standing there. And he's like, Captain America told Wolverine to stay here with us. Yeah. And Vision's like, he said he had to go to the bathroom. Yeah. That was nine hours ago, Vision. Yeah. But it's like, why is it Wolverine? Wolverine has like the weakest bladder, despite his healing factor. Apparently. He's been three. Well, he says at, that's his mutant power. At least three times, he's been depicted standing in front of a urinal. <laughs> and, you know, it was in that... Um, was that the X-Men? There's some like anthology book that... I don't remember, but I mean, Mike already did the art mm-hmm. for that. There was that one. There was another issue of, I don't know if it was new X-Men or whatever. Wolverine's at the Hellfire Club and then like Sabretooth is there. And then I think Cyclops shows up and they're in Wolverine and Sabretooth are standing near and all next to each other. <laughs> and then there was Awkward. like in Wolverine, the end when he's older, he's having to go to the bathroom. So. <laughs> You've really done a lot of research on this. Right. Yeah. I wrote that article and people were like, Oh, it's a stupid article. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to use that Mike Allred image as a promo. Sure. And um, 
It's a no fun book, really good book. Um, I like what's uh, ironically, I like what's going on in this microverse or innerverse or whatever it's called. So no, no relation. No, weirdly enough, different neighborhood. Two separate storylines, both revolving around a very similar concept. All right, before Watchmen, Moloch. Moloch, number one. This is good. Yeah, I mean, despite how completely unnecessary it is, it's at least well-written and well-drawn. <laughs> yeah, um, I think the pacing is really good, especially. Mm-hmm. I like how I like how Straczynski doesn't, doesn't throw an image or um, doesn't do anything in this book that doesn't ultimately like have something to do with the way the character is being constructed. Yeah. Um, everything essentially happens for a reason, Sure, you know, and it affects the character in one way or another. So I, th- I think that that was really, really great to see. Um, like I said, it's really organized. The art is just really great. Mm-hmm. Um, but the story, there were some parts I felt were really cliche. Yeah, extremely. Like, <laughs> like stuff I saw before and, and that really, I think it really hurt the story. I, I, I think it was well written, but it was all stuff I'd seen before, you know? Yeah. So. It's, it, it feels very much like an also ran. Also, I have no idea where they're going to go next issue. Cause um, this feels very much like it could have been a one shot. I feel like it's going to lead up to, because Straczynski's writing this as well as Dr. Manhattan and Osmond Dias. So I think it's going to... He's writing Night Owl, not Ozymandias. Oh, is oh is he? Yeah. Oh. Well, <laughs> I would expect that based on the end, it's going to lead into either one of those books. Yeah, that could be. So, you know. Yeah. No, Len Wayne is uh, is writing That's Ozzy. right. That's right. <laughs> I saw him last weekend. Huh. How was that? Uh, seeing him? Mm-hmm. It's kind of sad. Why was that kind of sad? He was just sitting at, was at Long Beach. He was just kind of sitting there eating a salad and <laughs> no one was at his table. And oh. I don't know if it was just that moment. It was just a lull, but it was just like, hmm. yeah, people were like, that's like, I don't know. Was, hmm. um, Manhattan Projects, number seven. The trade of this came out fairly recently. It's, it's like, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's Jonathan Hickman. Mm-hmm. If, if you like anything he's done, you definitely should be reading this because this is way better than... Not, not, I'm not saying that his Fantastic Four stuff's not, not any good, but definitely. Jonathan Hickman can't write Fantastic Four. Tony Guerrero. He just he gets to cut loose and <clears throat> do whatever he wants here, and and he does. So it's crazy stuff. Um, another book that came out that I did not get a chance to read, but I love this is the Perhapanots. Oh yeah, this has been a great. I mean, it's a great it's name. Really, really <laughs> fun, fun series. Um. So it's written by Todd DeZago and then Craig Rosu mm. does the art. I mean, it's just it's just really great um, character designs, and I don't even know how to, how to describe this. I mean, it's just a lot of lot of yeah. weird things, and it's really cool. Um, there's there's like a Bigfoot, and there's like a ghost, and you know, it's like a lot of like chupacabra. You know, <laughs> they're like kind of like these these different agents. So and it's a cryptozoologist squad, something like that. Yeah. So it's definitely a fun book. I'm sure. The others are in trades. There's been other series. Yeah. So, and they even they give you a little introduction at the beginning, so you can. Is this the same as perhaps not, or was that a completely different book? Um, I would think it'd be different. Hmm. Yeah, because this has always been perhaps not. Okay. As, as I know, seems like it might be a little bit of market confusion. The Defenders final issue, I believe. 
oh crap, I meant, totally meant to read this. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> check that out. Um, let's see, I guess we maybe should just... I have loved this series. <laughs> we have New Avengers, Age of Apocalypse, your favorite series, Corey. It is. What do you want to say about it? Uh, it was really good. This continues to, to be a great build-up. Um, the intrigue is really cool. I, I kind of like the whole... Again, this actually reminds me a lot of a Winter Soldier. It's it's a lot more focused on espionage and kind of covert ops than it is like big bombastic superhero battles. Uh, not that there isn't a time and a place for those, but yeah, this, this continues to be a really great character piece. I really thought, or I was afraid uh, when this first started, that they were going to lean too heavily on. Oh, look how crazy it is to see William Stryker as a good guy. Whoa, that's unusual. But it, it's just perfectly integrated it into the storyline, and they're really not like leaning on that he's just a character like there's no like that's ironic because in the other universe he's a bad guy <laughs> um did i say i don't know if i said new avengers um animal man so this is the new avengers really good <laughs> moving on okay so we got more rot world yep. um bat so wing good. So uh, glanced through this looked interesting judd winnick marcus toe um guarding the globe number three I thought this one came out. Did you read this? I didn't. Oh my goodness! I thought you're like the biggest fan. I'm, I'm the biggest fan of Invincible, technically. <laughs> well, this you should like like this. I, I actually, do like it. I didn't get a chance like to read this either. <laughs> um, Avenging Spider-Man. Yeah, weird. What do you have to say about it? I the the I was uh, the art caught me off guard. <laughs> um, G- Gabriel Del Otto. Yeah, but it wasn't what I. It's not. It's not like how it is on the cover, basically. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, yeah, he does a cover also. Um, interesting choice, because you have Devil Dinosaur and Moon Boy. I love it. And, I mean, the art is great. Story? Yeah. Eh. I mean, it's a Savage Land. S- Spider-Man also ran story, you know? The Avenging yeah. Spider-Man stuff was never meant to be, like, have much of an overarching plan. So, yeah, you know, two issues, Savage Land, Dinosaurs. It's fun. It's very fun. And then we have Green Arrow, number 14. So J.H. Williams, third art. So we have Green Arrow and Hawkman. I did not read this yet. Um, oh, also, which isn't here, is uh, Avengers Academy. I think it was the final issue. Is out. Um, that was fun. It's like what, what you, you would expect from that. Um, I think... That's it for this week. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that was not mentioned. All right, so let's go to some questions. Um, so we record, I'm trying to think how far back I need to go with these questions. Because we recorded last week. Um, I know some of them didn't make it. Um... Okay, yeah, I got that one. So I should have had that ready. Okay, so here's one from Foxfire Art that he sent last week. It was like last minute. Um, so this was after Halloween. Hope you all had a happy and fun Halloween. Wanted to ask you all, what is your favorite Halloween candy? And what comic do you feel makes for great Halloween reading? Hmm. Favorite Halloween candy indeed. I'll go with Kit Kat. Kit or Crunch good. Bars. I love crunch bars. Yeah. I think those are my top two. Uh, and and sort of crackle if there's no crunch because they're essentially uh, the same. They're good. I like um, Reese's. Mm-hmm. 
I get a little. The, the, I don't like the big cups so much because mm-hmm. it, it almost gets to be too much. Too much. Yeah, I like oh. them after they've been in the fridge for a while. Oh yeah, yeah. frozen Reese's. Uh, oh, did I? Did we say Twix. You said no. Kit Kat. Twi- Twi- Twix are good too. Mm-hmm. Twix are good, man. Skittles. Yeah. Actually, I like sour Skittles better than regular Skittles. I love sour Skittles. Mm-hmm. Nerds. Love I do the nerds. not love nerds. I love the nerds. You heard it here. Sarah does not love nerds. There you go. There goes <laughs> everyone's like leaving. <laughs> Damn you, Sarah. Um, I can't think of a comic, but I can think of uh, a movie. Hell yeah! I watched The Invisible Man. Ooh, like yeah. the original? Yeah, the original. Wow. On Halloween, that's what I did. Um, that, and then I watched um, uh, Nosferatu. Oh, that's great! Yeah, so that is great. Like, like that was a that was a cool way to spend Halloween because it was raining here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was pouring. That movie holds up too. Nineteen fucking twenties, yeah. yeah. And Dude, it's those still... movies are creepy. Yeah, yeah. They don't do any of those creature features no. out here because, like, mm-hmm. in Illinois, there's this this dude, um, Dave Koz, I think his name is, son of Svenguli, and he he does the occasional like you know conventions out there. But he would do this this he would have like it's kind of like an Elvira type show mm-hmm. where you know you got the host and you show some like old you know black and white movie. And he used to do like like Saturday afternoons, and and me and my brother used to watch all of those movies, like I so much. They um, getting a little distracted here or sidetracked, mm-hmm. no surprise. But Lego uh, has these monster hunter lines, which are really cool. Like um, the other day, I got this little tiny um, creature from the Black Lagoon Lego set. Mm-hmm. I mean, just those are all. That's great. cool. How big is it? It's just it's it's like a little seven dollar set. So uh-huh. it's just like it's a dude, the, the the creature, and this little thing. I haven't put it together yet. That which sounds sucks. really cool. It's been sitting on my desk at home all this time, like opened, mm-hmm. and I haven't had a chance to do it. It's sitting like it. uh, it's sitting next to all my receipts that I need to deal with. And <laughs> yes, that. Um, the what is it like? Is it set in a swamp or? Well, I mean, there, there's a whole line of of monster hunter legos and there's like a huge castle and you got you know like mummy dracula frankenstein and like you that's know, really cool it's just uh, yeah i mean i'm i so want to get all of them even though i just try to focus on the superhero legos mm-hmm. and the occasional star wars one but i really like all these because the thing is it, i i can't really justify featuring them on comic vine although i'm sure creature from black lagoon has a page mm-hmm. on there but, well, let's find out. Yeah. So I don't know. But yeah, I just got that little one and I don't know if I'll get more since Legos get costly. Um, I, you know what I did not watch was uh, Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. I didn't watch it this year. Oh, you do that every, every year. Nice. I didn't do it either. I mean, I have it on DVD and you should watch it, but it, it's, Halloween just kind of crept up. Um, continuing from Foxfire Arts, I would like to ask what your thoughts have been on all the Arrow TV show ads that have been plastered on top of several covers of DC Comics, and does this trend worry you? Yes, it does, and I dislike it enormously. Why? Because, it's um, A, it's an advertisement on the cover of a comic book. <laughs> like, that's, I don't know, that just seems kind of filthy. It's like, you guys don't have enough on the insides, on the inside cover. On yeah, I mean, pretty much everything every inside is, is house ads. Yeah, you got to now have one across the top and you know the the artist drew that do they compress it do they just file off the bottom like well i actually mm-hmm. had um 
I had used the Swamp Thing cover for like the best covers of the week last week. And it was so cool because on the border of like that annual, there mm. were s- skulls. Yeah. But looking at the cover, you couldn't see that because there was so much crap like on top of the the picture. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so I don't so know. So I guess they cut it off. They don't actually even just compress it. That that's no. See, that's even filthier than to me. It's just weird that um, there's just really not a lot of advertising in comics anymore. It's like in DC comics, it's like yeah. they're virtually all DC comics, like house ads, which yeah. is a little worrisome. It's like, I guess advertisers aren't aren't paying. I, well, it, that and I mean, it could be that DC is the is actually the part of the R and D division of Warner Brothers, which means they don't actually have to turn a profit; they just have to come up with new ideas. So, yeah. there you um, go. <laughs> but it's like when a uh, Green Lantern came out. I remember. There's a lot of that. So I don't know if there's Batman, Dark Knight stuff on the on the covers. I don't remember that so much, but I, I remember like there Green Lantern. Was. There was. I feel like because I feel like I remember seeing a Batman logo on maybe on the covers. But yeah, it's a worrisome trend. Here's uh, a Red Baron pizza ad that doesn't look appetizing. Yeah. <laughs> um, Fox Fire says advertising inside feels perfectly fine, but on the cover it feels gross. They are taken away from the cover art. Advertising something that has nothing to do with the story inside. Yeah. I don't uh, think it's necessary to have the new 52 on top of every DC cover anymore. That's no, not on Green Arrow. Oh, no, it says underneath. Yeah. They yeah. condensed it a little bit. Yeah, well, you got to keep that. <laughs> um, he would, Fox would also like to add that he remembered one of the earliest brutally honest videos on Confine. It was dedicated to the overuse of Mass Effect ads in comics. Then Sarah became an avid Mass Effect player years later. Perhaps subliminal advertising works eventually. <laughs> no, I, I don't think that's why. In the long term. No, that's why. <laughs> that is why. That's, you wouldn't know, would you? It's <laughs> no, all in your, they're in it's your subliminal. head. subliminal. Exactly. Bioware's in your head. No, I, I think it's because it was literally every other page was a different Mass Effect character. <laughs> and it was just like... Was, was this for the first one? First I think Mass it was, it was probably one? for the second one. Okay. Agent Prince... Says, in the last couple of podcasts, and indeed forever, the rating system of comics, Comic Vine has come into question for various reasons. Um, last week was a question of whether a book should get five stars only due to its great art, with the story being particularly poor. I think that answers itself, but it begs the more important worry that people still decide whether to read a review based on a review score. I'd much rather read the review and judge whether it was a five review or four, etc., I kind of agree with that, and sometimes I wish like we didn't have to do um, stars. Stars. Sometimes um, it's hard to to say this is what it was because you sometimes fall in between scores. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I hear that a lot, like from from a lot of different people. Of like, I wish I didn't have to put a solid number on this and mm-hmm. I just write a review. <laughs> but the problem is, a lot of people that's all they they look at, and then yeah. they they. But then the problem with that is then they just question why and they don't understand it. But it's like there's all these words like right above that explain it. Right, which is a great shorthand for I didn't bother to read the review. <laughs> yeah. But like when I've done the, like the, the hardcover features, I don't really review them, you know. And sometimes with with some like Blu-ray movies, whatever, I'll just, you know, discuss it. Such as the Amazing Spider-Man Blu-ray review? Yeah, see, like that. I, I didn't give that a review or a rating. And I, I, I start out saying I'm not reviewing the movie because I've already done that. The movie hasn't changed. I mean, it, there is one thing. I, I do think that when you first see a movie, you might be a, a little more excited. Absolutely. And it, it, there could be a, a tiny bit of inflation. 
and then you see it again, you're like, okay, maybe that wasn't that great. That can work against it though, because if you're super excited going in and then it doesn't like live up to that, you might like be overly harsh on it and then yeah. you might go back and watch it and be like, oh, this wasn't, this really wasn't as, as bad as I thought it was originally. Yeah. <laughs> and then as, as I, I'm, you know, writing up the review, I'm like, is it like necessary to write a review on, on this? Cause well, chances are people are going to buy it. Yeah. The people that, that, that collect, you know, Blu-rays and especially comic book, you know, pretty much if it's a comic book movie, you're going to buy it. Even if it's not that great, you know, chances are you're probably going to pick it up. But I, I think maybe these days more people are, are into like streaming, whether it's on, you know, Netflix or, you know, whatever, you know, I get iTunes know. and, um, so, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's so much stuff on that, that disc. Yeah. I mean, there's loads and loads of stuff. Oh, Let me see. Like, and looks like a pretty good deal. The deleted scenes are, are really interesting. Um, continuing from Agent Prince, I do have one minor issue. I do find that a four rating is used by some as a disappointing score. James Robinson on his last podcast appearance was pressing his case for four, but what is wrong with a four? I mean, that there, he wasn't serious about that. Um, hey. <laughs> and yeah, it was a very good issue, and the review read like a four. If a comic gets a perfect score, surely there should be nothing in the bad section. I don't necessarily agree with that. No. I, th- I think you can have something slight in there and it still be a five. And it could, a lot of times it could be something minor nitpicking. Like, so, um, five doesn't always mean perfect. Like almost nothing is perfect. I, I the way I look at a five is, is it fun and entertaining? I'm not saying it's, it's a piece of absolute literature classic. Precisely. I'm just saying that this was a really fun comic and, and I absolutely hundred percent recommend this. It's not saying it's going to blow you away and, and change your life forever. Right. Cause I mean, when, when five is as high as you can go, then that, that itself creates a problem. I mean, and whatever, it would create the same problem with a 10 or <laughs> nothing a, would, like, would get whatever a five. your maximum is. Cause yeah, it's like I could rate Deadpool number one, for instance, as five stars. Does that mean it you can't stands? Get better. Yeah, exactly. Does that That's mean it stands alongside the give greatest up. books I've ever read? No. That just means that this book in particular was really great and entertaining. So that's how IGN looks at theirs. They they rarely give high scores, but they also have a ten point scale. They they don't usually give ten point zeros. Sure. For their comics? I think so, yeah. That's all I don't pay attention to what else other things they do. But I found IGN to be pretty generous personally. Well not not their their comics. Reviews, yeah, video games, that's that's a whole different division. I, I yeah. guess, like I said, I don't pay attention to that. I don't look there. But their their comic reviews from what little I, I do notice that there's there's not a lot of ten point zeros. It's like it's a rare thing, which could kind of be good in a way, but also it's like maybe I don't know. I mean, like what is the standard harsh. then? Yeah, that's I don't I don't know what it is, and I like Watchmen. Is that your standard for a ten? But that's that's the thing is like because you know Watchmen's supposed to be you know absolute definitive yes. comic right. that you know everyone's supposed to. If you read comics, you got to love that. Otherwise, you know, start. <laughs> you don't got to love it, but I th- do think you got to read it. You need or to read, read it and respect it. it. <laughs> but so so that that's the thing. I mean, you could say okay, Watchmen is a, is a five. So if if I said like I gave Green Lantern a five, I'm not exactly. saying they're the same thing. That's exactly they're completely different. Yeah, that's like my it, point. <laughs> if when I, I remember I gave uh, Mini Marvels by Chris G. Russo a five, totally different. Right. I mean. They're, I think you just need to look at each book differently in genre and, and, and all that. Um, let's see. It's open to debate. Of course, I personally don't think that one issue at a new 52 just deserves a five, but certainly lots of fours and threes, but I don't use that for any base of rant or argument. They wouldn't be bad scores and they are still good comics. Sure. Is it worth considering taking away scores altogether? I'm only one person. Plus I read the reviews. 
I have my own opinion, of course, but I don't voice about the score in any comments on the site because for me, it's irrelevant. I don't know. I don't think we, we could take the scores away, even though I'm saying I'm not crazy about them because I, I think a lot of people do just look at the scores. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think if we took it away, then people are like, well, I'm, I'm not going to sit here. I'm and not going to click this to, to see, to try to see some little summary or something. Yeah. So, um,. I think the best example of this was recent reviews of Halo 4. Apparently, if you don't give it a 9 out of 10 or higher, you are condemned to death. Nice one, Internet. Oh, no. A 9 is still way too low for some people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Keep it amazing work, as always. And, Tony, make sure you get Deadly Premonition on the PS3. Mm, deadly like, Premonition. They're doing like a like a definitive new version of that. You know, Did you hear about that? I'm excited. You you didn't get it? Play I it am actually. I probably am. I never played the original. So I didn't either. It sounds it sounds like they're a improving the combat, which appeared to be the huge problem with the original, and they're also adding some DLC. They're adding like adding some stuff onto it. So yeah, I, I think I'll definitely be picking it up. I may have to. Um, Richborn, which one of these writers has more long term storytelling, Bendis or Hickman? Hickman. <laughs> Long-term storytelling? What, more of it or better? It has the more long-term storytelling. I don't understand what the question. Um, see, I just asked because Bendis has woven numerous stories in his Avengers work that do two things. Continue the story of Earth's Mightiest Heroes and slowly return everything to the status quo before he took over and disassembled. See, based on that, I would say definitely Bendis because yeah. it's – I mean, how long ago was Avengers Assemble? Like eight, nine years ago? Oh, two. I think I totally misunderstood the question. Yeah. I, I, I understood it. As like, like long term. Because like, the thing is, as great as, as Hickman's Fantastic Four run is. Well, but what does he mean by more long term? Like who has, because obviously Bendis, because he's been working with the company for longer. Like that's just. Like what I read that is, I, I, what I interpreted that question as, I think was like a completely different question. Yeah. I, I, I think I'm, well, I don't know. I'm interpreting as, as who's going to be, who's going to have more long term impact in their, their stories well i mean okay. H- hickman's not quite the architect that bendis is but i think H- hickman is more versatile They're i think he architects. can write more i think i don't yeah. I, I think hickman can write mm-hmm. sci-fi yeah that's true okay. bendis can't write sci-fi okay for the, bendis from that perspective strength, yes. bend, bendis's strength is street level characters yes when he's writing the avengers it's not as good as when he's writing daredevil Okay, it's I just agree. not. <laughs> but I feel like Hickman could probably do all of those things. Well, I like when he writes the street level Avengers, like Spider Man or Luke Cage. Who Bendis? Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So yeah, okay. <laughs> but I think that's not the question that's being asked. Yeah, I don't think it is either. Then I don't know what the question is. Like, because yeah, just by definition, again, just because he's been with the company for over ten years, Bendis has more long-term stuff yeah, but. he's created a big the like he's probably created the biggest impact at that company probably yeah he and and um matt fraction yeah i i i, I think that so what i was trying to say about fantasy four as as great as his run is i mean i've absolutely loved it i don't think it's it's gonna necessarily stand out or be be i i could easily see marvel now just kind of going off maybe differently and just not really acknowledging it versus the Avengers. I mean, disassembled that is rooted in the Avengers history. I mean, that, that was a, that was a big thing. You can't get away from that. And then I think, uh, I think a lot of Bendis's stories have become like a blueprint for Marvel to just build off of. Yeah. So whether that's just on him or just on Marvel or a combination, I don't know. Um, 
Rich says, that's all well and good, but do you think Hickman will immediately shake things up just to get you reading and stay on the book? Uh, I, don't, I don't necessarily think that's not really what he does. On a side note, um, he finished James Robinson's Wildcat Omnibus the other day, recommends it to anyone like himself who's only had a base knowledge of the characters hmm. and conflict. So did you hear that, James? <laughs> Gosh, oh, <sure> I did. God. <laughs> It's like he's like Australian or something. <laughs> no, it's like he's like Etrigan the demon. Yeah. And don't don't make me bring up that energizer, the Jacko guy. Oh god. That was so loud when I that was. Um Chris C says this is gonna be much longer, but he came to his senses. Um you rattle off some Green Lantern arcs for someone interested in Jeff John's writing previously. Uh oh. In that I should have read this before. Um in the same episode, Sarah couldn't stop saying Cassandra Kane. You, your mission, write off some Cassandra Kane essential arcs so I too can repeat her name like my own personal mantra. Mantra. Wait, what? Rattle off some Cassandra Kane essential arcs. How about her like entire first series? Like started issue number one. Yeah, that girl. Just go. Yeah. <laughs> Get all of them. Um, all the ones where, her, where she's got like the stitched... Yeah, this, the, the stitch mouth. mouth. I've been reading those again on mm-hmm. on the uh, iPad, and I'm I'm I think I'm like an issue sixteen or seventeen, and there's just like some. It's like just it was after the the um was it Man Down, the mm-hmm. Chuck Dixon story where like Gordon gets shot. Um, it's like then the issue after that crossover. It's like then she's like I'm not wearing my costume. Yeah, <laughs> and and she's just going. I mean, this was after her first encounter with Lady Shiva. Right, and. It was just it just seemed weird that she just wasn't wearing a costume and, and and Oracle Barbara Gordon at the time or or Oracle at the time Oracle yeah she's she's like you're not wearing a costume and then Batman like doesn't Batman's ex, or his his response is like okay you got you can't live with her anymore because you're going to be a danger to her and you're going to live in this other cave this other bat cave <laughs> and then and then so cuz what she does she goes after this it's like this she breaks into like a government building. She does all this stuff. So she's caught on camera. Mm-hmm. They got her face and they're like, this is a problem because, you know, but she just, she's like, well, I, she doesn't even consider having an, an alternate identity. Cause you know, she's still new. And I was like, going to say, yeah, does anyone know who Cassandra yeah, is? Yeah. So that's, that's thing. she's like, she's like, so I don't care. She's as far as she's concerned, she's Batgirl. That's, that's all she does. And then, so they decided they're going to go, they're going to break in, steal the tapes. So it's, it's not a concern for in the future. So what does she do when she breaks in? What does she do when she breaks in? She doesn't wear a costume again. Mm-hmm. So she's not wearing a mask. It's like, uh. um, But yeah, definitely a No Man's Land, which doesn't read so well now. Um, so as, as a result of Cataclysm, I mean, she... Is, isn't that when she became a villain? No, this was like before. Oh, that's before. This is when, when she... Actually, was this after? I'm trying to think. No, I think I, she, she was talking then. So maybe is this after? Um, I'm getting my timeline all messed up. But that's when, when um, so the remnants of Gotham City, when it was all uh, segregated from the United States, and then there's a different zones and, you know, different gangs. No Man's Land? Yeah. That was, <laughs> was a really weird story. Yeah. Um, Go back and read that again. It makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if that's that's enough to rattle off. Not all of us have been reading DC for years. I have no idea who you're talking about. Don't tell me she was awesome. 
tell me which issue she was awesome, and I'll snag what I can from Comixology. So yeah, you can get her Batgirl series. Even the first arc of Superman Batman what, by uh, Jeff Loeb and Ed McGinnis had her in it, and she was great in that. She didn't even appear that much, but she was really like a fun presence in that. And some, some of the best stories, though, were like, like that fight with Lady Shiva, where she had to... Like, that was awesome. That stuff was really great. And um, Gates of Gotham, she played a role in there, mm-hmm. which was really good. All right. Uh, next is from Peter. Um, Got Will Powers is Comic Vine username. Um, Green Lantern fan, I'm going to guess. <laughs> maybe. It says, do you see Damien surpassing Bruce Wayne as Batman? DC is unlikely to ever get rid of Bruce for long, but how would you like to see a comic about the future in which Damien Wayne is Batman? We've so seen that comic. <laughs> and we're going to see it again. I think yeah. it's um, the next issue mm-hmm. of Batman Inc. Um, yeah, pick up uh, the Batman and Son volume, or if that is not, I think that might no longer be in print. So Batman the Black Glove hardcover also contains that issue. It does? Yeah, because that, that is Batman and Son and the Black Glove like storyline the first time that shows up it's it's those two issues basically collected in one yeah uh, but yeah no it's batman 666 uh it's a great issue it's really cool because yeah he is very different <laughs> mm-hmm. it's so cool he is a very different batman and he is a very vicious batman mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm surprised they haven't done like a mini series to try to, to i am shocked to that they haven't done cash in on that, that. <laughs> It's, like, it's a great costume, too. It, it seems kind of corny at first, but I, it really grew on me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Second question. Do you think comic book stories express ideas that can be applied to reality, or are they purely for entertainment? If you think they have more ideas, what do you think Batman's stories are about? Crime is bad? <laughs> Guns are bad? It's a daring mm-hmm. daring stance to take. I think that... Um I think the comics are often a social commentary of what's going on mm-hmm. in the world. So sure. um, I think that they can probably be applied to reality uh, I mean, like because any- they, they are born from reality. And Sure. Like any other media, they're, they're both, you know, like sure. they can, they can say something about our society and the world at large and who we are as people, or they can just be for fun. <laughs> you can't take like Superman as a metaphor for, you you have to look at Superman as a metaphor if you want to like like see how he applies to real reality in realistic situations. You can't look at him as literally a man in a blue and red spandex who flies right. and saves the planet. You can look at him as as a you could look at his character and his, his immigrant. Yeah, right. he's, he's an immigrant and, and all, all that stuff. Or so. he, American he, ideals. He's an mm-hmm. outsider. Like yeah. yeah, he's trying to fit in. I mean, you, again, to bring up Grant Morrison, as we have like four or five times already, uh, All-Star Superman is one of, I, I feel like, really captures it's like the definitive so many Superman facets story, yeah, yeah. Of, of Superman. And it is like, and for anyone who thinks that Superman is boring or impossible to write or whatever, read that and then come back to me and tell me what you think of Superman. <laughs> All right. Next from Tyler Martin it says, hi, I recently started looking at Comic Vine and listening to your podcast. Wandered over from Giant Bomb after getting the membership. I've been trying to get a feel for what I want to read, but there were a couple things you guys mentioned that I was having trouble finding a good starting point for. First off, the story arc with the Phoenix Five sounded really interesting, but looking at the Comic Vine page about them, I saw where they got their powers, and it seemed like there was a build-up to that as well. I realized there's a ton of material involving all the characters involved. I was wondering what would be a good point start for the Phoenix Force stuff. 
how much of the storyline before the battle between the X-Men and Avengers over hope should I read? Okay. Um, well, the Phoenix <laughs> five is, is Avengers versus X-Men. Um, I would say, uh, dark Phoenix saga, Obviously, is where you want to go. To would you? For, that's, for, it, that's pretty I mean, far that's, back. I mean, well, that's what he says. Yeah. He says, what's a good point to start for the Phoenix Force stuff? It is. That's really all you need to know yeah. is, is read that. Plus, it's it's just an awesome... You could also go back to New X-Men. I mean, because the Phoenix, the Dark Phoenix does come up in that storyline. And that, but I even, think... But I think even then, like, if you don't have any knowledge of the Phoenix Force, you probably need to go that back. That yeah. Back. I think you yeah. can just go with that. And that right in itself is enough. To understand what the Phoenix Force is and how it can corrupt, and it can just be a little bit difficult to jump into that because it was written a ways back, and so you know, comic books have changed a lot <laughs> since then. It can be a little difficult to go back to those older. I don't. Th- I don't books. know. I, I think it's better than most of the stuff out today. Ooh, I like that. Um, I, I, I think you should just ignore that stuff and just jump into Marvel now. Yeah, because, I mean, because that's kind of the point. <laughs> because I, I, I think that right now comics are at a. a like Marvel comics specifically are to, are in a pretty good place, like where you'll be able to jump in and like just mm-hmm. really pick up anything. And Cyclops is probably going to start a new team. So yeah, you and know, if you're interested in the Phoenix, um, if you're interested in like the power, I guess his powers are enhanced or something's going to change. So that'll be interesting to see from a new reader's perspective. But, um, and I mean, yeah, you could just go straight from dark Phoenix into new X-Men kind of then, I don't know, jump into like Avengers disassembled. Cause that kind of set up a lot of what's going on now. Um, or yeah, just start with, with the Marvel now issues. Cause they, they tend to have that introductory page that kind of explains like, here's what happened originally. Here's what happened recently. Here's what happened last issue. <laughs> I mean, and basically Phoenix five sort of doesn't exist anymore. That, that's yeah. gone, but they will still be together. Cause we're right. going to see Cyclops, Emma magic and um, Magneto. Still together, yeah, yeah, just, yeah. just no Colossus or Namor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah secondly, yeah. Basically, same question for Flashpoint storyline. Seemed more standalone, but I wasn't sure. I mean, you can just get the core Flashpoint issues. Yeah. All of the tie-ins and enhanced it. Some of them, like the Batman one, I was gonna say the Batman really one was really good. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I would say if if you're going to read Flashpoint, which again you don't need to read Flashpoint to enjoy New Fifty Two, but if you want to see like this is a, a fun like what if story, read Flashpoint and then just look at the other tie-ins and whatever looks appealing. I think it's to you. Flashpoint presents that the Batman one is in because Batman and Dead Man are in the same Flashpoint volume, so oh. so you might have to look a little bit harder for that one. But yeah, I think Flashpoint is definitely worth picking up and reading. Finally, it sounds like the Invincible Iron Man comic is very good, and I would like to read more of him in general. So what would be the most important story arcs for him? Also, if you have <laughs> favorites for Iron Man, what are they? Well, there's a 12 volumes or so of Invincible Iron Man, so that should hold you for a while. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think... I mean, Demon for, in a Bottle, is that... Uh, that does not read well. That holds up. Does it? That, that, uh, that one, I, I Sarah, Sarah and I read, read that, um, <laughs> that was a, a couple struggle. years ago, Oof. and that's just, just really hard. Um, I would say, yeah, any of the Invincible Iron Man, Matt Fraction, Salvador, LaRocca, you could probably, you're good. Pick up Extremist, too. It's a, you know, it's one arc. It's one, it's a six-issue trade. And the movies. Yeah. Um, I imagine you get emails like this very often. It would be cool if there's something on Comic Vine to help with this. For example, on a character's page, list of arcs that would be best to start with. Looking at Iron Man's page, had trouble finding specific comics I should look at. Um, Yeah, it's just 
it's just a matter of keeping that stuff updated. Yeah, it's also partially an opinion thing, and the the wiki is yeah, supposed to be objective it, information. Yeah, it would it constantly change, and people would be like, "I don't agree with that. That yeah, story exactly. was no good." And <laughs> they made Namor wear a dress. <laughs> yeah, those what are the best stories. What is wrong with those people? <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. Namor hey. feels sexy. He feels confident. <laughs> All right, Get out of here with this. <laughs> Crazy Flash fan eleven. Um, he's writing a secret identity here, so I won't reveal that. Um. See, some things I don't think you know about simply because you haven't even mentioned it. Um, over at another site, there is some news that DC officially announced they were cutting GI Combat with Issue 7. Um, if you look at the Diamond previews on Issue 7, it says in big letters, Final Issue. So, yeah, that's we know that. Um, yeah. Just didn't mention it. Um, also, it doesn't go any Matt further. Matt heart is broken, apparently, over yeah. this. <laughs> it doesn't go any further on DC's website, and all of the other Wave 2 titles are up to 8. Anyway, we are now up to a nice round 52 titles canceled. Um, Jedi Combat, Legion Lost, Frankenstein, and Agent of Shade, Blue Beetle, and Grifter. We have added Superman title by Scott Snyder. That's... That's going to happen later. I mean, yeah, there's not, not even out a, yet. There's not even a date for that. It's like maybe summer, yeah, early summer uh, next year. Um, yeah. Just Leave America, Katana, Threshold, and Vibe. But it's not Vibe. It's Justice League of America's Vibe. <laughs> that's how they listed it. I don't know if that's. <laughs> I don't know. Trying to get the feel for like the Justice League of America's Vibe. That's that's how they listed what it. They were trying to they're putting avoid. out a hostile vibe, man. I think that's what they're trying to avoid, Corey. <laughs> a word. So Maybe the question is, what do you think of the cuts in the additions? Um, I don't. I think they released something else about Threshold this week. I didn't see what. I really don't know what, anything about Threshold. I dig the roster on Justice League of America. I don't think it needs fifty-two freaking tight or covers. That seems psychotic. What? There are fifty states. Okay. I know. <laughs> Plus the. Uh, All right. What's the. F- because one is for Puerto Rico and one is for... D.C. Uh, oh, yeah, Washington, D.C. Come on, Corey. I know. Jeez. I didn't even know there was a West Virginia until recently. So. <laughs> <laughs> Corey, get out. I don't do geography. Um, uh, it was one of those things that I like... Apparently, you don't do eighth grade civics class either. <laughs> the D.C. thing was complete. That was like legitimately I knew that and just forgot. All right. Yeah, so what do, we, what do we think of the cuts uh, and additions? I mean, uh, you, the, I don't think you can really comment because they're we, completely expected. I mean, what do you want? <laughs> I mean, some of them are. I, Sarah and I were kind of talking. It's like vibe. Does does he really need his own series? Yeah, right, dude. It's no. it's like you know, let him. I mean, I, I would rather see Baz get his own series. I would also. I would rather see like so many other yeah, characters yeah. get their yeah. own but series. I, I'm saying if, if they want to experiment and say, okay, let's try something new. Because I mean, I don't want to get into rants. Like, what about this person? What about this? You know, there's, there's all these characters that, yeah, should get their own series, but that's not happening yet because they don't want to focus on them or whatever. Instead, um, they want to focus on a breakdancing character from the 80s <laughs> named Ramon who wears a puffy open vest where we can see his chest. I, I think... What is no, that? Who is going to buy it? He's going to be updated for the... For the 90s, he's oh, not going to so be like in a grunge gonna band. A, a vest no, he's he's, he's going to be a, a no, what do they gonna, call it? A popper. He's, he's going to have like, watch him have a flat top too. He's going to he's going to be wearing a lot of flannel. I don't, um, get it. I don't get it. I I just I don't think I mean we'll have to see what vibe is. He was he's been mentioned in, in the new 52 a couple times. Um, I, I don't think like, he's been seen. I feel like they're just testing. Like, is this going to work? And just like doing it. Oh yeah. I, I don't. I think they should have 
throwing it against the wall like pasta. I think they should do Just League of America. Say, like, okay, here's vibe in this book. Then see what the reaction is. Cyborg then, still doesn't have his own title. What the f? But then, but then they're making decisions like, oh, let's get rid, let's get rid of Hellblazer and like get rid of like twenty something years of continuity and right. just reboot his whole book. Like, let's just do that. Um, second thing is says, why the hell did Red Lanterns not get cut? It makes no freaking sense because, because it's a part of, that, of the Third Army. Because of that character without clothes. Please. She sells the book. Mm. Or Heine. If you're in charge of DC, what two titles would you cut and what title would you revive revive from the ones that have been cut? I don't know. I, well, I mean, yeah, I would have to cut Red Lanterns. I haven't, like, actually picked up and enjoyed that book in... What issue are we on? Red Lanterns? Yeah, I would cut it that. should be like the thirteenth issue, right? Yeah, so what, twelve issues? And I haven't really because I kind of liked the first one, but you like the first one, right? Yeah, why not? I, I was like, this has this has potential. This could be going in some interesting directions. Mm-hmm. It turned out it wasn't, but yeah, I um, don't know. I that's a tough question because that's asking us to like pinpoint specific books that we really, really don't like. Yeah. I mean, and, I, my main problem with the DC universe now is that it doesn't feel cohesive. No. It feels like the people that are in charge of, in, in, of editorial aren't really talking to each other. Yeah. So there's stuff happening in some books that is like ignored in other books, and it just feels strange. I mean, you look at all the Batman titles; those those feel like if you changed the name on each one, it wouldn't be any different. It wouldn't make a difference. Like, yeah. Yeah. One of them was Batman, and one of them was. I, I don't know, vigilante or like what mm-hmm. it would be like the same. <laughs> but I think that it's strange that, that DC's getting, they get like so many, it's like so many fans are passionate about characters like Wally West sure, and they really want to see Wally West come back. Yeah. But then they like, instead of being like, okay, we know that this character is going to have a book that's going to sell. Like people are, are interested, like literally interested in characters like Stephanie Brown and Wally West. But instead of bringing them back, we're going to bring back Vibe because everybody wants to see a Vibe comic. Again. Because who is this character? <laughs> I'm curious. I want to find out. Wasn't he a Vertigo character? Originally? I don't know. No, Let's find out. But um, like, why does that happen? I I kind of don't understand. Again, I, I think it's it's insane that Cyborg is the only person on the Justice League who doesn't have his own title. And again, like my, my, my comment about him photobombing Baz on the cover of Justice League was half joking and half kind of pathetic because it's like, oh, yeah, Cyborg's here, too. Yeah, right. <laughs> he's but literally that- like just over Baz's shoulder. Like he's not even fighting him like the rest of the league is like trying to s- restrain him. And Cyborg is just like, I'm over here, guys. But honestly, that honestly, that's the thing I don't get. I mean, if they're gonna, if if they're gonna like cancel books, mm-hmm. then why don't they listen to the audience and be like, "All right, we're gonna we're gonna do an ongoing for this particular character because we feel like this book is gonna sell." Yeah, you know? I mean, and I'm not sure to be fair that I would revive any of the books that they've canceled. I kind of feel like they've done pretty well with canceling books that either haven't worked or that had run their course because i would also i would like to see a seven soldiers book come back but again mm-hmm. that would probably have to be grant morrison or it wouldn't be really any great. good and he's leaving the company so that's less and less likely <laughs> um so yeah I, I don't know and i don't know what other book i would get rid of that isn't already on the chopping block <laughs> no, I, I still want the bat family book 
What do you mean? You don't want another Bat Family book? Or no. you want like a Bat the, Family? The one I, I, I don't know if it was last oh, week. Oh, yeah. Talked we about talked about this last week. <laughs> like doing no, we, like, an anthology. Like mm-hmm. you can do sort of like A, a plus X where you can oh, have okay. like two stories and you can have here's a story with Batman and Nightwing or an adventure. Here's, here's an Alfred story. Here's a... Yeah, if if she existed, Cassandra Cain story. So that way you, you can have these other characters or other whoever's related to the Bat family. And you know, you can have, bring in different creative teams. And so, yeah, that, I, I, I would love to see that. I That's say get, get rid of, you know, not that we need another Bat title, but <laughs> if you are going to do one or get rid of one of them, you know, replace it. You know what? Yeah, that's the other one that I would cut. I would cut one of the Batman books. I don't know which one off the top of my head, but one of them, obviously, besides the core one. Yeah, it's hard to say because um, Detectives is stepping up um, with with Lehman. Um, Hurwitz is 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 getting, and you know, Batman Robin is is good. Yeah, that is true. Unless they get rid of Damien, and I actually really like the Batman Beyond uh, title. So, well, that I, that doesn't count. No, it doesn't. I mean that that. I'm, I'm not saying it doesn't count, but that's, that shouldn't be included because that's in its own thing. So. No, it's it's animated universe. It's not kind of part of New 52. So. Um, Don from MA. If you could. Yes, from Ma. If you Are could. You testing my geographical knowledge again. <laughs> from West Virginia. <laughs> oh, I made up state. Never going to. Never gonna what about East Virginia? Uh, South Virginia. Yeah. If you could trade any two A list characters. For six months, comic book time, and it was in continuity. Who would it be? If I could trade, um, yeah. So I'm. It's, he says I would trade Batman and Spider Man. It seems a little obvious, but I choose them for opposite reasons. Spider Man would seek out and help all of DC heroes, but Batman would probably stay solo and try to figure things out on his own. Also, how would Batman deal with not having his toys or cash? So if I could swap their brains if i could no yes with your oh, universe like spider-man the, goes to dc universe so Batman. spider-man goes to gotham and yeah Batman but that that uh, but he made it sound like it would be like they switch positions like like batman would suddenly take peter parker's life where he's broken right that's that's what i'm wondering if it would just be a brain swap well if batman, batman if, without all his gadgets if batman got sent to the marvel universe in right. new york city he wouldn't have wayne money well but he would have his belt he would still have he's, his gadgets. Yeah, but how long is that going to last? He has Forever, so many apparently. smoke pellets. <laughs> he's Batman, Tony. He's not not Cable. Or, he you know, wins. has, like, infinite pouches. Uh, oh, yes, he does. Wait a minute. Are you really going to try to tell me that Batman has fewer pouches than Cable? Mm-hmm. Hmm. No, because he's got invisible patches. Right. No, because, you know... He's got to keep that can of shark repellent. You know what Cable keeps in uh, pouches? No. He has what? more pouches. <laughs> oh. It's a pouch of holding. <laughs> Um, we're not answering this question. No, we're really not. You know, well, that's too, that's too similar. Um, I was going to say cable and Deathstroke, but it uh, wouldn't be much of a difference. Su- there. Superman in the Marvel universe and century. <laughs> How about Cyclops in the DC universe? That would be cool. Yeah, I could see that. Especially like the Cyclops now, although yeah. I guess, well, there's no, if there's no mutants, then is he going to care? He's yeah. got to care because he's got to find the mutants. Yeah, exactly. They're metahumans, so maybe he'll say, you're, you're close enough. Yeah. <laughs> but they're not, not hate and feared. So maybe that's not Some a good... Are. Good. Maybe he would like that, you know? Have what about vacation. Hawkeye and Green Arrow? <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I think I like my Cable Deathstroke one better. Everything <laughs> would, would shatter. Yeah, I'd, like to, I'd like to see Deadpool in the DC Universe. Oh yeah, Dead, there we go. Try and join and the Justice League. <laughs> ah, ah, yes, okay. Come on, guys, let me in. 
What about uh, what about Deadpool versus Joker? Oh my God! How has that never been written? Yeah. Well, I'm sure there's some fanfic out there. Well, uh. um, and since we're okay, since we're at it, what two villains would you trade? So I, I said mine. Um, Joker. Well, a, Deadpool's not really that. a villain, but well, he kind of is. Kind of. <laughs> um, Don would pick Kingpin and a Joker. The Joker, just so the Punisher could kill him, yeah. and a Kingpin because the DC Universe needs someone like him to be the new head of organized crime. Plus, he could also be a thorn in Luther's side, and he'd make the Penguin his pet. Yeah. Let's see. I would like to see Luthor and Magneto switch. I don't know why. I feel like that would be an interesting dynamic. <laughs> um, is, Mag- is Mags a villain? Kind of. Magneto? Well, now he's with I think he's Cyclops. about to become one again. <laughs> Quote unquote, yeah, he's misunderstood. Whatever. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe Mr. Sinister and Lex Luthor then. That would be cool. Yeah, I'd like to see Mr. Sinister just do his like genetic experiments in the DC universe. That would be weird. Yeah. <laughs> but Lex did a little bit of that, right? Yeah, but not as much. Like that's no. Sinister's whole thing. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, was it? Infant? I mean, he, you know, he cloned. Didn't he clone uh, Connor Kent? I think what so. He behind that? He's part of it. He just cloned himself. <laughs> Well, yeah, but he was yeah, himself he, he in did. Superman's DNA. I don't know. All right, move, move, move on? Yeah, let's move on. Since it's getting late. Um, Zab, Zabdiel says, with Jeff Lemire heading over to Green Arrow and Andrea Sorrentino following suit to handle artistic duties, who's going to be handling the art for I, Vampire? So it was, I don't know if it was officially mentioned, but it was at least on Twitter where um, Dennis Claro's supposed to be doing... I don't know if it's issue 16 or 7 or 12, 13, 14. I don't know. Dennis Claro is doing an issue, but then I think someone else is doing an issue after that. So, so. maybe they don't have a set artist? Maybe. So It seems like but, kind of a dark team to be going to Green Arrow. Well, they, they've, <laughs> they've released um, some black and white um, pencils. Mm-hmm. It looks – Sarah and I agree. It looks great. I just wonder what it's going to look like when it's colored because right. – I Vampire is, besides amazing stories, it's amazing art. Sure. And I don't think he's the right choice for Green Arrow. I mean, but, that's what I mean. Like, And Jeff Lemire or Lemire usually writes either pretty dark or just gross like stuff. So I'm kind of wondering. I on think, Green I think Arrow. it's going to take like the TV show. They're yeah, trying to that's exactly what I think. Make it grittier. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it's time to start reading Green Arrow. I guess. Um, As well. Give it a shot. I mean, I I, I dig the art on, on it now. I mean, I like Freddie Williams the second. I think I said the third before. No, um, you said J H Williams the third. J H. Well, no, well, it's Freddie Williams. But I'm is, saying you said that for a different book. So that uh, I think I said for this one. Oh, okay. I don't know what I said. <laughs> rewind. Um. Rewind. Is Matt Hollingsworth? Is he tied just to Marvel? Uh, because I, I think he would be good. Uh, he would be a great colorist for um, Andrea Sorrentino. Yeah, I can see that. Um, so, let's see. More questions. Uh, where are they at? I got some PMs. People, don't PM me your questions because you're, you're lucky if I remember to. Well, then don't read them. You're encouraging people to PM you by oh. reading the questions in your PM box. Yeah, but I don't want to deprive them. Yeah, but that's that's bad. That's bad reinforcement. 
You're rewarding um, bad behavior. <laughs> Psychology 101 now. Right, fan of Ultraman. Did the Trinity of Earth 2 have Golden Age villains that aren't present? This is, I, might be a James question. Mm-hmm. Have Golden Age villains that aren't present in Earth Primer? Yeah, this is totally yeah. a James question. That's a Jimmy Sorry. question. James not here. Jimmy Jim Jim Jam. Sorry, man. He oh. want to come in. Nope. Oh, uh, shucks. Here's one from DJ Otaku. Um, <laughs> he's a couple weeks behind on his podcast thanks to hurricane sandy so he just heard his response to a listener (laughs) who couldn't get into watchmen i think you guys touched on this but it also addresses it head-on watchmen is like citizen kane if you watch it now it's mostly boring and long movie if you watched it back in the 30s it was revolutionary pretty much everything that anyone does in movies today can be traced back to citizen kane in terms of technical things like camera angles not plot i was wondering if you guys would agree that you could draw a line plot-wise from Watchmen to Marvel Civil War and Pixar's The Incredibles. In Civil War, Marvel seemed to be exploring the idea of characters in the real world. In other words, while Marvel characters have always resided in the real world, most people didn't seem to care. But in Civil War, they were tired of the effects of heroes rampaging through their cities, so they required heroes get registered or stop. That's also what happened in Watchmen. Only government-sanctioned heroes were allowed in the non-flashback scenes. I also feel that Incredible is doing something similar, is doing something similar, but more kid-friendly. Heroes deal with real-world consequences, lawsuits, and are eventually banned. Also, there's a great scene about how capes are bad and will get you killed. Yep. And what was an important plot point in the Minuteman flashback, an original Watchmen book, not in the Minuteman book. Finally, yeah. go ahead. No, no, I was, gonna, I was just going to start answering, but there was yeah, more. Yeah, <laughs> go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, no, Incredible is very clearly took a lot of inspiration from Watchmen, like in, in all the right ways, because Incredibles is actually Incredible. one of, if not my favorite Pixar movie. I think you could, I think beyond that, you could draw a connection between concepts that we found in the Watchmen to almost every single comic book after. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know if the Citizen Kane thing does hold up, because I've heard that about Citizen Kane, and I haven't seen it, so maybe I should before I speak too definitively on this. But I read Watchmen when I was 18, and not to date myself, but I was not 18 in the 80s. So You can clone yourself and yes. go to yeah, movies? exactly. Um, it's going to be hot. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like Watchmen still holds up very well, like in terms of, in terms of the ideas and the storytelling, and the art especially. So I don't know, but maybe I can't like get far enough from it to be objective because I do love it so much. Okay. Um, but I definitely see some parallels to The Incredibles and as a result to Civil War. The Civil War is much more tenuous and The Incredibles is much, much more direct, uh, especially the scene with the capes because I had read Watchmen by that point and I was like, ah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, finally, has DC ever done a storyline like Civil War? I don't believe no, so. No, I don't think so. No. Nah. Okay. Wouldn't really work in the DCU. You don't think so? I don't think so, no. Tony, do you think it would work? I'm going to say yeah. I'm going to say <laughs> yes that, as court. well. I feel like their heroes are like too legendary and too much a part of society. To oh, I can see regulated. them easily turning on Batman again. Was eh, going after Batman wouldn't have to register. He, he's, he's, a, he's just a man. But then there'd be <laughs> like a, a hunt against him. For Red October? No. But, I mean, you know, who's going to legislate Superman, really? <laughs> and Superman's always so careful about never causing any collateral damage. that mm-hmm. I just feel like it wouldn't come up in DC. 
Um, all right, let's see. Alex Marks says, I'm a big fan of Doctor Strange, even though I feel like lately he's been underutilized. Um, Read the not, Defenders. <laughs> no, he was, um, was it New Avengers where he, he met wow. someone? Yeah. He also lost his mojo. <laughs> um, do you guys have any Doctor Strange eccentric comics you would recommend? The Oath, one hundred. Yeah, I absolutely love absolute one hundred. Uh, that's Brian K. Vaughn. The Oath great. is really good. I mean, I think he brought Doctor Strange back. Sure. That 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 miniseries. Yeah. Um, Defenders. He's all over this book. Yeah, and in, in New Avengers also the mm-hmm. the older the last series he was he was like their. They're magic dude. He was their magic and, man. And teleporting and, and their base of operations. Come back, magic man. Um, thanks, by the way. I don't want to want Patrick Dempsey playing him, according to all yep. knowing never wrong Wikipedia. Yep. Yeah, so there's that rumor. <laughs> um, there's also was a... He played a doctor once, so obviously this would be a one-to-one analog. They even, some, some artists even made like a like a like an image with his likeness for that. Um <laughs> But it wasn't like Viggo Mortensen, like rumored. I could see that. That would be awesome. I could very much see that. So that was like the, the latest. That one. would be way cooler than McSteamy. Hell yeah. Yeah, he's McDreamy. Uh, is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah, there it is. I don't even watch the show. Sure, sure. It's terrible. <laughs> it's been out, what, 10 seasons, so well, yeah, it can't be that terrible. Been... Yeah, no, it still can be. <laughs> no, the people are, well, someone's watching it. <laughs> It's 10, 10 years in actor salaries. Has it been 10 years? What's well, 10 seasons? Good I'm pretty sure. God. I think it's the 10th season. I could be wrong, but I think it's 10. I saw the first two episodes because Rift Tracks uh, riffed them. And I, while I found the Rift Tracks hilarious, I found the show insufferable. <laughs> um, Artistic Needham has a question for James. He's not here. Cool, sure I am. Um, oh my gosh. I can't imagine why he wouldn't want to come on this show. <laughs> so he says, I have a big question like him and Comic Vine to talk about. So I guess we can. And if you have to choose this question on my last comment. What? I don't, uh, da, da, da. <laughs> I'm trying to see what's going on here. Um, so he says, I have my own comic, Monkey Boy, number one and two. All right. Um, which we, we he sent us the first issue. Mm-hmm. Um. But when people ask me about it, I almost feel like I have to downplay it. I think I should probably promote it better with word of mouth. How would I do that? How do I tell people my comic two issues without coming off as bragging or being like one of those guys trying to sell cell phones in the mall? (laughs) People have actually come up to me and asked lots of questions about my comics, and I sort of end up underselling them. How do I sell my comics without coming off as a jerk who's just trying to sell his comic? So, yeah, that's that's good for James. Yeah. But, well, maybe it's not good for James because I don't think James – sells his comics not directly really. no like with the shade i mean he always downplayed it the same situation I, but i think kind that's of. like that's the most i've ever seen james try to sell his book is like yeah guys if you don't buy it yeah. uh it's not going to come out in trade and please go buy my book i mean you can't downplay it that's the thing you need to be you know what people respond really well to confidence like and especially if they're coming up to you and asking you about it, then feel free to to sell the crap out of it. Like, mm-hmm. if, if someone is interested, then there's no reason to downplay it. Like, you're not shoving it in their face as they're trying to go get their Panda Express on or something. Like, right? you know, if, if they approach you, then, yeah, go nuts, man. <laughs> you got to get yourself out there. No one's going to buy 
a comic that the creator isn't passionate about. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, so um, maybe if James ever comes on, you can ask him or someone else. Um, but yeah, that's the thing is just just get it out there, get people to talk about it. Um, yeah, but make some pages available online. Yeah, give people previews, see what. Try it's the about. whole digital comic thing, like sell it for a buck online, like yeah. the first issue, and then. You know, if enough people get into it, then you can kind of sell the next couple of issues at a more premium uh, price. Okay, so I wasn't going to ask another question this week, but I just started reading Wolverine X-Men after Sarah suggested just jumping into the current issue and then buying a few back issues. Um, I have noticed a big problem the school has is funding and money for repairs or whatever. My question is, why don't they just give up the pricey things like shrink machines, digital blackboards, and all the Avenger-looking technology they have? Maybe settle for a regular school for a while until they get things running. Regular school wouldn't work. <laughs> Why not? These are people with superpowers. They can't just go to a regular well, school. Well, they still need to learn stuff. They're, they're, they've been sitting in regular classrooms getting regu- regular education. Yeah, they've got like the crazy boards. and. Yeah, it's, it's not necessary. Sure it is. Okay. I, I don't think. know. I don't I've think. taught without technology and with technology. Yeah, but you're not teaching, you know, psychics and. But you're. They're also teaching like history of of mutants. You what do you need a fancy? You know, you you can. Yeah, get the but job these done. kids, these kids have powers that they can't control. So you need to be able to have like a shrink machine. Well, digital blackboard. Yeah. I mean, shrink Go machines come in handy, yeah. but um, I think like I think it's important to to have these areas available that are protected where they can practice using their powers and stuff. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. The original X-Men, they had one room, the danger room. And this they also was had be- four students. This <laughs> was before the new mutants. That's more than four students. Well, you said the original X-Men. Yeah. And then when the new mutants, the, the original school, before it even had to share technology, they ran to school and they didn't have but all this. Because they had to, not because they wanted to. I don't understand. <laughs> um, maybe I should clarify about my Cyclops question. I haven't actually been reading AVX so much or Consequences, but I had noticed how Scott had gotten dark and more aggressive, and I thought it would be cool to see a villain progress from a hero we all know and love, main character, to being major Magneto-level villain. Many times we get the villain introduced as a villain or a short origin um, in the issue they're introduced to. We haven't really gotten a villain introduced years ago as a hero who over time becomes a villain before our eyes so we could watch his or her evolution. I guess I just like that idea and let my imagination run with, with it, with Cyclops. It's pretty much what's happening. <laughs> it would have been almost like watching um, Max Eisenhart Magnus go from being a hero who worked with his best friend Xavier Max um, to turning a mutant terrorist we know as Magneto right before our eyes. But also... Most villains don't see themselves as villains. Not Sinestro, Magneto, Rachel Ghoul, Lex Luthor. I'm not even sure Dark Seed, Dark Side, <laughs> Apocalypse, or Thanos see themselves as villains. Has there ever been a villain like that who changes from a hero into a villain before our eyes over the years? I know they did on the Smallville TV show, but they even hinted at him being a bad guy from the beginning. I mean, a guy who seems perfectly good and over time being a bad guy. Um... I can't really think of one off the top of my head. That's kind of why the Cyclops thing feels so novel. Mm, I'm thinking that there's someone. Um, I mean, not not over this course of time. Like we've been introduced to people and thought they were heroes, but then they were quickly revealed to be villains. Like, for instance, Tenaris. I remember was kind of disappointing when it was just fully revealed that he was a villain. 
like two months after his introduction. I don't know, I'm, 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 I know there's, there's someone I, I just, I, it's on the tip of my brain. <laughs> oh, we got to move on. We're past time. Yep. <laughs> Dogman795, just started listening to podcasts, but I've been going to site for news for a while now. The question is, I've been reading Marvel comics for a while, but I always stayed away from X-Men for some reason. Now that AVX is over, I realize that a lot of important stuff happens in different X-Books. Which X-Men book stories should I read in order to get caught up or have a basic gist of the important story beats so far? And I, we've said it before, with Marvel now, just just jump in. I mean, Wolverine, X-Men, you're not going to get a lot of history and stuff there, but it's just it's a good book. It's a solid book. Yeah. Um, all new X-Men is starting next week, so you want to get that. Um, Uncanny X-Men, they've said, it's, I think, February. Mm-hmm. Um, just jump in the fire. <laughs> and then there's going to be and then there's the two X-Force books, yep. which are kind of separate if you want to get into those now. But I think just just jump in now. Um, yeah, I, there's there's almost too much to go back and say, you know, where do you, do you start with, you know, Second Coming? Right. You, do you Messiah. go to Messiah Complex? Do you go to House of M? Do you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean Avengers, those are all good books. You, you could do <laughs> Avengers versus X-Men. But, yeah. You know, there's, there's that. Um, Mesmero. Question for James, not here. Um, question for everyone from Mesmero. Which Ninja Turtle best represents each of you? Only one turtle per person. From what I've learned from the site, I'd say Tony leads, James does machines. What? <laughs> Where are you getting that from? Sarah is cool but rude. <laughs> I don't know where that comes from. And Corey is a party dude. I, I am a dude who party. No, I'm not really a... <laughs> if James is wondering I'm kind why... Of a goofball. <laughs> If James is wondering why he quote does machines, refer what does that mean? Refer Donatello does machines. Refer him to the previous statements he's made about robot sex. There you go. <laughs> Thanks for everything <laughs> you guys did. In a bit say. of a different direction. All right, then I don't know. Yeah, you seem to have figured it out. Um, Jtiz twenty seven. Hi guys, I'm from England. Really interested in getting some commission work. Do you think artists will send to the UK? And who do you think will be best? to do a Spider-Man with the stock from Saga drawing. Either fighting or falling in love. I reckon that would be epic. <laughs> um, what, what do you mean? Most of them would ship to the UK. What's he mean by stock? I have no idea. Spider-Man with the stock from Saga. Mm-mm. <laughs> um, oh, maybe oh, from Saga, the, the comic I think he wants a commission. Uh, oh. Yeah, okay. Um, oh, okay. That's okay. I yeah. get it. That's cute. <laughs> um, it. As far as commission, would they send to the UK? I think some of them would. You're just going to have to pay for shipping. Yeah, you will likely have to pay for shipping, but they will probably do it. So it's, it's, it's going to be a matter of how much it's going to cost. Because like, the size of the commission. Yeah, and, commissions are already pretty expensive to begin with. And you know how it's mailed, if it's going to be rolled up or, or flat. You know, all that's going to depend. Uh, and the thing to do is go to, you know, either contact them on their Twitters, contact them on their Tumblrs, on, on their, their their blogs or sites. So just look at the um, uh, awesome art picks that goes up every Saturday. And there's links to all of their stuff uh, with next to each you know, in the intro for each artist. So you can contact them um, as far as which which character. Um, like I mean – Spider-Man, I always think of Todd Knock because you know, he he does lots of commissions. But yeah. again, you know, it depends on how much you you have to spend. 
And, and, and if you want two characters, that's going to add, add to the cost. Because mm-hmm. some of them, they'll just do like a head sketch or a bust. And then if you've got single characters and if you've got two characters, and then what kind of, if you want any backgrounds at all, or if you want just um, colors at all, or just, you know, ink tones. And so you're just going to have to go for each particular artist and, and see what you like and what they charge, what you can afford. Comic Sean. Um, hi, Tony, Sarah, Corey, hopefully the illustrious yet elusive James. Sorry. Nope. Elusive. And it says, don't read anything in the brackets. James, not there and make your life easy, Tony. Um, just (laughs) on to business. This will be the third post that I've sent to you all ever. Hey, put it in a bracket for you. No, you put it in parentheses. Oh, the question, the question to James. Oh, no. He first says, hopefully the illustrious James. That's in parentheses. Then he says, don't read anything in brackets if he's not there. Oh, so he organized it for you. Right. Yeah, but it's it's still this is all one paragraph. Oh, um, thank you for trying to help. Um, yeah, I haven't. Yeah, so we'll see. Okay, yeah, because then there, coming up there is something about James. Um, says I've kissed your asses so much on my last post that I feel that your egos don't need appeased now. You are wrong. Um, <laughs> uh oh. Okay, so here's a question about Grace for yourself. for James. All right, let the fun begin, people. First question: Can any of you mimic? The Bane voice from TDKR. I'm looking at you, Corey. <sighs> we really doing this? I, I don't know how it's going to sound uh, going into the microphone because I have to cover my mouth to just, do it just... properly. But what I can do is sort of get up like this. And I'm told occasionally it becomes a bit too Yoda-like. I'm going to try and prevent that from happening. All right, that's enough. <laughs> that's is funny. it, Tony Guerrero? All right, um... Tom, Tom Pinchuk also likes to do it. And yes, that is enough, Corey, because we are out of time and I still have questions to get through. I, I, we got to keep a clock in here. It's we just, have a clock. It's right up here. Then start looking at it because we're I'll, way past start, time. Should I start gesturing? All right. That's it. Thanks, you guys. Right. That's that's the podcast. We'll get to the rest of these questions next week. Um, watch Comic Vine News. Um, I'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks. All right. Thanks. Bye, guys. Yeah, let's, let's do this. Hey, I want that on my full list. Comic sales of